What's up, what? everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Craig Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. You got you use two toothbrushes on your brush your teeth? Yeah, I'm just brushing my teeth. It's a famous vine now of a boy brushing his teeth. But with with two? I think you really got to get back there when you really... He has really a passion for oral there. health. Yeah. yeah. yeah I get that. Mm-hmm. Over here at the Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Uh, go Islanders. And then over here at the Pure One, Tim Geddes. Let Tim host. How you guys doing? Great. Yeah? Yeah. Fantastic. Episode 99 of the Game Over wow, Show. Damn it. You had, to make a, you had to draw attention to it. Yeah. Because so many people have been tweeting, are you going to do something for episode 100? And we're like, we should. Yeah. You know what we should do? We really should. We should film a podcast for episode 100. Oh. I like that. See what I'm saying? Like a special podcast where all four mm. of us sit together and talk about four different topics. Do we go back the to the kitchen? Do we go back and sit on the floor? We could. Yeah. We, I don't know what we do with the table. We have to make Kevin move the table by himself. Kevin can make it work. He just moves yeah. the camera. We totally do it. Put it on board, Michael. Just talking to the onboard mic on the camera. We have long HDMI cables. There you go. See, you big yeah. wuss. Episode 100 is a milestone, but I don't feel like it's the milestone, the most important milestone. Remember what we used to do? When we were we used to do podcasts beyond. We didn't really celebrate episode one hundred. We you did we did a one hundredth episode. I wasn't even on that episode. Yeah. The I was on episode ninety eight, ninety nine. I think and then I wasn't invited to one hundred. Yeah. No big deal. Only the important people. Right. Uh, you know when we got the two hundred and then the three hundred and then they just did four hundred. Well, those became bigger and bigger right. deals. So I feel like it's a, it shows a a, ta- a tad bit of modesty to say like you know what, nah. You know, we're going like to burn it about it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take the, the shit off of us fucking up and not planning things yeah. right. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hundreds not a There's big right. other things to worry about. Because, again, I mean, it's an interesting milestone, but it's it just means that we've done it for 100 weeks. Yeah. I say we celebrate some random episode 105. 104. You want to do 104? Have we done it every week? Have we ever missed a week? I'm nope. trying to figure out. No, Never missed a week. Have, no. Never yeah. missed a week. So, so 104 would be two year anniversary. Let's do it for 104. Let's carve pumpkins. Oh, oh I'd love to carve no, pumpkins. Can we do like the that. thing where you take the pumpkin seeds and then cook them, like roast them? Like uh, salt are we fucking savages? Of course we're going to do right. that. I mean, <laughs> <I'm totally laughs> I'm, so totally I'm so sick of pumpkins. Fuck off. What? You only get it for one and a half months a year. It's just every... Why does pumpkin have to be in it? I know we've talked about this. It's, it's delicious and, and, and nauseum, it. but it's... it's Why does it have to be in everything? Because it's delicious and awesome. It's fine. Pumpkins are just... Just fine. You know? They're not... Why are we obsessed with the pumpkin? What about all the other gourds? You I don't love, like a little bit of spaghetti squash. I love oh, a good love acorn squash. squash. I just had some acorn squash cooked up the other day. Delicious. No just, one's knocking the acorn squash around here, Colin. I'll be dead in the ground before I let that the go around fuck up. I feel like I, I I picture the cornucopia. You know what I'm talking about? Like oh, yeah. The, you know, oh, like yeah. that's what I picture. Not the cornucopia oh, yeah. from the Hunger Games, but the cornucopia, the horn, and the food coming out. Right. You got an apple, and you got a corn cob, and all these kinds mm-hmm. of things. Lots of things. Way more festive and interesting because there's a variety of things in it. Yeah, but the, the pumpkins pumpkin, have fuck faces. The pumpkin. Fuck you don't the pumpkin. put you don't put faces on the squash. You could. Who's that's weird? Put a little googly eyes on the squash, and you got yourself a little toy. You can carve a squash. All right, now I'm with you. Yeah. You can easily carve a squash. Fuck the pumpkin. I'm sick of that shit. If you didn't know, this is the Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, where you can toss us a few bucks and get every episode early. If you have no bucks to toss, no big deal. Head over to kindoffunny.com. Go to youtube.com slash kindoffunny. Go to any of the Kind of Funny websites where we break up the show topic by topic, day by day, until we post the entire thing the following Friday. Tim. Yeah. You are the topic. You're having a good day, and I think oh, I know how this all comes together. I'm having a goddamn great day. Last night, a little thing called the Star Wars The Force Awakens trailer came out. The full trailer, the final trailer. 
I'm sure we'll get a couple commercials and sure. shit, you know, 30 second spots. Taco Bell out. things too, they'll have a little There'll thing. be some Taco Bell stuff yeah. for sure. But this is the last trailer we're getting for this movie. Now, everyone's talking about it. It might feel like, oh, we don't need to hear this shit. Bullshit. We can never stop talking about this trailer. There's so much to say about this trailer. You, you guys, guys talked about it on Colin Greg Live a little bit. We put up a video over on Kind of Funny, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny, where we break down kind of secrets and uh, Easter eggs mm-hmm. and a bunch Did of Did you catch the Easter the egg of uh, it's Han Solo hugging Princess Leia? Yeah. A lot of people missed not, that. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, no, so much actually, we did, we did see that. Yeah, that was just an actual full frame with both of their faces clearly visible. Yeah, mm. uh, just, letting you know, just letting you know. I think that maybe I'm just trying to help out and contribute. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. And we made a bunch of predictions and stuff, so you guys should definitely check that out. But I was looking at the comments. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I want you guys to actually just discuss the trailer." So that's what we're going to do. Here you go. Today. You're welcome. Internet, share this it. video so it's worth. A lot of people want to hear Colin's thoughts. Yeah, people are. Really looking forward to calling this. The trailer was terrible. Was a terrible trailer. Oh my god, it was a great trailer. Like, I, I teared up a little bit when I watched. God damn it, it. I did too. That's the thing. With I couldn't me. help it. I got real. I got goosebumps when it started, and when the Lucasfilm limited uh, logo <laughs> came up, I actually like went full blown goosebump on it. Mm. Uh, it's a great trailer. I don't need to see any more. I think a no, lot of people are, are. I think we're. I think we're not. You know, Tim's point. I don't think we're gonna see much more of this. I mean, they said we're not. Yeah, I mean, like with the exception of the, the TV spots, which will. I mean, I feel like even this trailer used. A couple of shots of footage that we have seen it before, so I, I think that actually. they're starting to like the 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 famous now John Boyega like confused guy. Look. He was confused a lot in this. Yeah, and the whole he's very even the sweaty. last shot with him in the lightsaber. He's like, I don't know what this thing is in my hand. Oh shit, this guy's got one too. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot to. I mean, I don't want to unpack it on a frame by frame basis because I don't I don't. That's fun to do, but I don't really even want to get into it like that. But we already did it in the other video. Exactly. And also, I just feel like I want I don't want to pick it apart to the extent like my brother, for instance, who listens to the show. I think. Uh, loves loves this shit so much. Like not only Star Wars, but just anything where he'll like look for script leaks and all. Like he loves oh, yeah. that shit. He loves it. He, he like see, gets down and, and dirty with that kind of stuff. Did he see the Easter egg that was Darth Vader's helmet all smushed up? Like Again, a, like a bad pumpkin. Just uh, I hate to keep going back to this, Greg. Your definition of Easter egg, I think, might be a little off. I think it might be a little off. That was a 13 second shot of uh, of the helmet that we've seen three times before. Now, my, my favorite shot in my favorite to, to the point of these quick shots, my favorite shot in the trailer is actually when Kylo Ren has his hand next to that guy's like that guy's face or whatever. And he's like the guy's like kind of oh, freaking yeah. out or whatever. I was like, there's something unsettling about this mm. particular Sith Lord, presumably that we that I don't even feel like Vader had and that Maul Certainly didn't have, yeah. and Doku Maul could have didn't had. have. Maul, Maul could have had if they ever developed a character. Now, that shot really got me excited. That the shots of Phasma got me excited. There's a lot of characters. The other cool shot that I really liked that I don't know that people are really going into much too too much. And we had seen pictures of it before. Are the stormtroopers lined up in that very fascist looking shot mm-hmm. with the big banners that look like Nazi banners? Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, very, I mean, they, I mean, Lucas. Not that he's involved in this, was always obsessed with Nazi imagery. I mean, that was that was the whole the fascist, clean, sharp edges. Oh yeah, simple logos, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that was what he was always about, and that's what the and that's why the Empire's soldiers are called stormtroopers. Um, but uh, I like that shot because they are talking during that shot, but they muddle the sound, and I don't think that that's the way it's going to be in the movie. Like he's giving a speech, and I'm really interested. In, I've always been interested in that shot and that scene since um, since it was shown in, in kind of stills. I think in Entertainment Weekly at some point or something, where I'm like, what is this scene, and what are they doing, mm-hmm. and what are they preparing for, and what are they saying to each other? Because yeah, what's it's just I'm just I'm just fascinated by the political dynamic between the two sides and how it's changed since the second Death Star was you know destroyed. Mm-hmm. And they go into that in Aftermath, which I heard is a terrible book, so I don't want to read it. But I'm just interested in the political dynamic between these two structures and how they still exist and what how and does the rebellion now have the edge? 
You know, like, I don't really understand. Yeah, that's why I want to know because we're presumably years into the future at this point, right? Thirty they, years. They confirm that, right? Obviously, with Han Solo being looking the way he is, still looking good though. Um, but it's interesting. Tim pointed out a couple things to me that I hadn't noticed in that shot specifically before. Which there's multiple. There's different types of stormtroopers in it. Two, a few of which have like tanks on their They're back. They're flamethrowers, flamethrowers, like, yeah. which is crazy. So going even further into that sort of like. I mean, it looks very, very, it just it reminds me of like World War II where, where they would have like, you know, or, or even World War One with the trench warfare. But yeah, I think that, that that line of dialogue they put in there was maybe just for the trailer where it's like kind of muffled in the background because I went back and tried to listen to see to hear what yeah. it was. And I think it's just kind of something they threw in there. There's a lot of like little things that if you listen really closely, I've watched this trailer too many times and I like watched it without headphones, with headphones. Like I was really trying to get in there because I'm, I'm like your brother more so than than you, I think, when it comes to this stuff. And like there's such little hints. Like if you listen um, during the the part we see John Boyega for like mm-hmm. the first time when he's talking about being a stormtrooper or whatever, you can hear faint hints of Duel of the Fates in the background like the mm. the the hymn like the thing that they're singing over and over right they're just little tiny very very faint whispers of it I'm like that's fucking awesome so. yeah what are the, i mean one of the things stepping things that back from the new show that i really just appreciated about the trailer is that it's just a really well made trailer mm-hmm. right it starts and you it could be any sci-fi movie it could be any sort of thing and you and then we get even even when you see the lucas like uh that that lovely homage to the older series with the lucas limited logo um it still doesn't really feel like it until the the music sort of goes from that just that the keynote on the piano to the fully formed love like the 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 love theme from empire yeah. from empire and then it just it it just reminds me every single time where I'm like look I don't really I heard the trailer was coming out I'm like I'm not really that excited I don't really care I've seen it. I'm going to go see the movie it doesn't matter and then you watch it and you're like fuck it just sucks you back in and it gets you excited and I'm right there with you where I'm like this is really cool this is really cool this is really cool and then that moment that that music you hit and I'm like, oh, my, like my childhood came flooding back to me. And you see the Millennium Falcon being chased by TIE fighters. And I'm like, yes, yes, that we live in this time mm-hmm. where both the Muppets and Star Wars are relevant again. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love the fact that this trailer, I think, was per- this is a perfect movie trailer because I think that it gets people hyped that weren't already hyped for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that for the people like me that like you you're saying that like you're not that excited or whatever i'm very excited but i'm i know like the second they announced it, i'm like cool i'm gonna go see it i know i'm gonna see yeah, it i don't exactly. really even need to but, see anything about it but you could have gone in blind you still want to see the trailer you still get hyped about it for me i get hyped for the trailer like i was so excited did you I was, watch football for oh it i watched night? football for it my god how long can seven seconds last it's the last two minutes of the, of the half man That's holy the shit man it was it was so so upsetting then all of a sudden they added more time and i'm like what is this it was a clock I loved it. It was some bullshit. I loved watching Twitter. It was some that. fucking bullshit. Anyways, tune in football. I watched this shit and I'm like, oh my God, this trailer is exactly what I wanted because it gave me just enough to like delve into and like start speculating and trying to put the plot together in my head and all this stuff. But it also didn't go too far. I don't, there's a lot of things that I don't know. There's a lot of questions I have and I'm like, that's a, a perfect modern trailer, yeah. I guess I should say, because modern trailers just give away everything. They te- point for point, plot, point every single plot thing. Point. And I think this movie, you know, more so than maybe the older Star Wars trailers does kind of show a lot but having said that there's so much things it doesn't show and i think that's what's the most important part about the trailer not seeing luke besides just the shot we've already seen is very very important and the shot you've already seen you're talking about is when that metal hand touches r2, r2. Yeah, yeah and just like the way that they like subtly hint at the story just through the music just through the use of the music the fact that they use the love theme between han and 
Leia, Leia, which is like, why would they go back to that song? And it's like, I think that there's such like a family lineage with that. And when you see they, that song plays when he's when Han is talking to to Ray, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. And then the Force theme, which is also Luke's theme, starts playing, and it's like, this is bringing Luke back into it, and like the importance of all of it. I'm like, fuck, man, such a good goddamn trailer. I think what's special about it too, and it's just an inherent thing because we don't know anything about the movie's plot. Is that which I think is exciting? We don't really know anything about it. We don't. We don't. We have no. We know who the characters are. We don't know how they all fit together. You know, we have this new. I don't even know his name off the top. I had the new Grand Moff Tarkin kind of character, and then we have Phasma, and then we have Kylo Ren. So we have like a whole empire structure that we had with Vader, um, uh, the Emperor, and say like someone even like um, um, uh, why can't I think of the name? The the Adat driver, the uh, in Empire or whatever. Watto, not Watto. No, you know, nerds out there know what I'm talking about. Um. Where he gets promoted in Empire and stuff like that. Mm. Um, like, so we already have a power structure with like some different dynamics in terms of the like w- how we assume they're structured, right? Mm. And then we have the remnants of the rebellion, which I assume now is the Republic again. The I don't I, the resistance, I guess are. now they're called. So, so something. There's still some. The Empire still holds the cards. It seems like. Yeah. Um, even though the the Death Stars destroy the second Death Stars destroyed all this kind of stuff, we we often the 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 fight in Empire and Jedi specifically, and even a New Hope was so singular on that sh- on those structures and just those fights between them that we didn't we don't take into account how grand the structure is mm-hmm. and like how big the Empire is, and that doesn't really affect them or affects them maybe economically and with personnel. I mean, millions of people presumably die on the Death Star, but um, we don't look at it in terms of like well, we assume that it was over, but it's not, mm-hmm. and so we have these power structures in place, but we don't know how they interact with each other. Um, and so unlike a new hope going into empire, especially or empire going into Jedi, we don't even have an idea of what they're going to talk about because empire going into Jedi, we knew that the movie was going to be about at least partially getting Han back, right? We knew that that mm-hmm. was the, the, what was the movie was being about. So when you see all the trailers in context in 1980, I'm sure I wasn't alive that, uh, or 1983 that, um, you knew this was what the movie was going to be about. So when we see all these disparate parts, we have no idea how they fit together. And I think that that's, that's super exciting. So no matter how much we see, we have no context. And so I, I have no problem seeing the trailer again. I don't want to see any more, but it's fun because it just brings up more questions and answers. We have no idea how these things fit together to the point of Luke's music being used and stuff. And I'm really only seeing Luke's hand or whatever with R2. Um, there's a lot of crazy theories about Luke and, and uh, you know, as I talked about on Colin and Greg Live today, even though I don't believe it because there's just a lot of semantical issues and I don't think they would do that. There's a, there's a lot of rumors. There's a, lot of, there's a feeling that Luke's the bad guy. There's and, no, like, but see, and, I just, and I just don't see now, the, now we've talked about it in the past, but the further along I get, I'm like, I, regardless of the semantics and all that kind of stuff, they just wouldn't do that to that mm-hmm. character. It was something I was talking about with my brother yesterday. He's like, they cannot heel turn Luke. But I mean, that doesn't you know, even make which sense. Which I would, lo- we've I would seen love. We've seen Kylo Ren now without his helmet on. It's not Luke. But people that's are still, Adam Driver, right? People yeah, are still people guy? are still okay. discussing it though, as well, if it's people are dumb. If it's, like, as it's people, as if it is a thing. Uh, we've seen we've not seen Kylo Ren though. Haven't we in s- in footage though? It, we've not seen Kylo Ren in footage with his mask with off. his mask off. Yeah, so we've from seen behind, his Oh, I see. Okay, there's one shot of him like with presumably his hair. So haven't we seen Luke in? I mean, maybe they're just. It was a leaked production still of him that might not even be from the movie. Like that, the thing you're talking about, there's a picture of him like around green screen. That might be for toys or something. Oh, okay. Because I could have swore we saw at least one poster of him where he was dressed as sort of like the Obi-Wan style character. That was like we, a behind we, the we, did, we, did see, yeah. we did see that. I mean, that's the only shot we've seen of him. Uh, the point I'm trying to make about the Kylo Ren-Luke connection or whatever and all that is that it's fun to have speculation, speculation because there's just... 
there's just no context. And yeah. what, what, I, what I'm excited about with it is that I don't really, I don't want to go to Reddit or any, I don't use Reddit anyway, but I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of like reading all this stuff. And I don't even know half the characters' names. Like, I, 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 and, and that's so weird to me because I, I am so intimately familiar, especially with the pre, with, or not the prequels, but the trilogy, mm-hmm. you know, the real Star Wars movies, that, uh, I, I so I know everyone's name in Jabba's palace, every one of them, right? And so like I don't even know the fucking main characters' names. In like you can put all these random ass fucking people in front of me, and I can name them for you, right? But with this new one, I just don't know these characters yet, and I like it. And to Nick's point, I think it's fun that I'm gonna go and I'm gonna see it, and I'll learn about it. Yeah. And the speculative drive, we should enjoy it now because. Episode eight will not benefit from the same speculative drive because we are going to know where the story is going and it's yeah. going to have a different feel. Um, of course, we'll be able to relive that with Rogue One and all those kinds of things. But even that we know we know how that story ends. So yeah. like like so. So yeah. this is fun because we just don't know anything about it. I, 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 mean, I think the cool thing is the fact that back in the day, you know, there wasn't the Internet and all that stuff. So like the reveal in Empire, no one saw coming. Whereas nowadays it's like it's with the moment a trailer comes out, people can figure out everything about the movie or at least as much as is possibly drawn from that trailer so i just think that even the fact that this movie people want to know every single thing about it people are discussing every single frame and we still have a lot of things we don't know and we're two months out from release that's pretty damn good like there's some twists there's some things that are going to happen that we don't know yeah i mean we they're they're the big questions that need to be answered and that's that's what's fun about it right is that we don't know who kylo ren is we don't know who uh ray is we don't know who any of these people are in context or really don boyega in context of the the grander story um and that that is what's fun about it and you're right i mean episode eight's not going to have the same sort of energy behind it because we'll be knee deep in that having said that though it just dawned on me i'm like wait a minute this is part one of a trilogy like that's Crazy. And there's six of them coming out. I mean, there's which, six movies coming out. Yeah, but which means that at some point we're gonna see Luke Skywalker fight someone with a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. It that's exciting to me. I'm almost positive. I hope that they kill Luke. They're I don't see. I don't see they're gonna kill Luke. I would not worry they're gonna kill Han. Gonna I think they're definitely Han. gonna kill Han. The 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 I I would love it if they just wiped out some of these characters and just gotta, and just and did it like do go real. And this is what I was talking about with my brother with the Kylo Ren rumors and all these kinds of things and Luke and why we've seen Luke and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, because the rumors about like, I don't think Luke's even going to be in this movie that much. I don't think I don't think he's going to be in this movie almost at all. I think he's going to have you're going to see him a little bit. You're obviously going to see him. But I think you're going to I would say Luke. under five minutes of screen time. For I mean, sure. the belie- the story here is that they're tr- they're out to find him, right? That's the Isn't rumor. The rumor story. Yeah, is? I have a feeling that that's not going to end up being what it is. I really do think that Luke's either going to be like the final shot of the movie, like a cliffhanger type yeah, thing, yeah. or he's going to come in during the the climax fight. Like I was talking about, and Connor uh, where they all have their hands above their head and they um, all bring him down, him swooping in. I don't even think then. I think it's going to be after a character death. Just comes flying in like Neo, and he's going to come in. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to me he's doing a super my my feeling about. And I don't know because I, I'm just not I'm not in it enough anymore into the Star Wars lore and and people are just so into this and know, just know so much more about it than I do at this point, which was not the way it was when I was younger. Where that scene of him in R2, presumably him because of his mechanical hand, obviously lost his hand in Bespin with his first fight with Vader. And R2's there, so and you R2, can assume he probably wouldn't have let that droid go. No, oh, oh, of course, yeah, like they're you know they're they're they're, they're boys. boys. Is that Dagobah? It could be. And like, and I, I'm wondering, like, did he go back? Did like Yoda? leave something there like is there something 
you know, like, is there some reason for it? Like, is it just Get my balls? It, you the, must the imagery, the imagery, <laughs> uh, the imagery of that. I'm like, that's just it could be any play. I mean, there's a fucking million planets, sure. right? But it's it, but I'm like the imagery of that. I'm like, that's too weird. And R2 being emotional or seeming emotional there and him putting his hand down. Like, are they remembering something or mm-hmm. is there that she that scene to me is steeped with a lot of like mysticism. Almost. Is there not fire in that scene? That's the thing is my my thing Maybe is Dagobah's that to fire. me it's either Dagobah and that's going to be like at the end of the movie or I think that's going to be either some flash either flashback or just something where the the scene where the, we see all the flamethrower motherfuckers and like just Kylo Ren's going through wrecking shit and we see Captain Phasma mm-hmm. running through I have a feeling that's going to be a really pivotal scene where the the stormtrooper dude uh, Finn John Boyega mm-hmm. he in that thing decides he doesn't want to be a stormtrooper anymore. Because he sees like like a bunch of murders and shit, and I have a feeling that like Luke is at the scene after it happens, and I think that Luke's like shit. You we'll know, see, like, but that that, that also begs a more interesting question too: is that prior to this time period, all the stormtroopers were sort of mindless clones, right? I mean, they were clones; they had sort of minds. And we've established a little bit in the Clone Wars that they have individual personalities, but in the original three, or, or sorry, the in four, five, and six, they were just sort of like blank slates, right? So where have where have the stormtroopers gone to? Now, 30 years later, are they just normal people that are recruits? I think during the original trilogy, they were just normal people. We just didn't really get to... No, I think they were still clones. Mm, Well, that was the... I I don't know the answer to that because my impression was always that. And that's why why episode two bothered me so much. Yeah. Was because it did, just like they ruined Vader, they ruined everything in those movies. So, So it's it's... It's unclear to me what the status is of the stormtroopers by the time a new hope happens because that was what was so fun about it. Even in Tales of the Empire, which I know is not the EU's not count anymore, they ha- well they would tell all these stories about these individuals, but they would tell they told one story about just one stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. And I always I always loved that because mm-hmm. it was always like these guys enlist, they come from these faraway planets. Seems like the Empire might be like I mean they clearly are, but it seems like the Empire might be deeply racist in the sense that all the stormtroopers seem to be human. So um, you know, they mm-hmm. speak the common language and all that kind of stuff. So there's there seemed there, there was so again the Nazi imagery there seemed to be way more fascism on display when you thought that these were individual people as opposed to clones and I'm not I don't know enough I'm sure there is an answer sure but I don't know the I don't know when that cutoff happens yeah I mean I, I'm pretty sure that by the time that happens most at least most of them aren't clones anymore it's just people enlisting I mean and this is just a production thing but some of them are shorter some of them are taller. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and they, you know, they they talked of a little bit in the New Hope thinking back where he was talking about wanting to join the, the Empire anyway, right? To be a pilot. Wasn't that? No. The he was talking rebellion. about He wanted to join the Rebels. No, I thought he was thinking about, wasn't he thinking about joining the Empire? No. No, the Rebellion. The well, the, the, the deleted scenes with Biggs on Tatooine or whatever weren't. Oh, was he going to join the Rebellion? The, 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 yeah. Well, no, I think, I mean, he even says it in the, in the scenes that are in there. I think he wanted to be a Rebel fighter, right? I mean, that's, I thought, I thought so. I mean, I haven't seen New Hope. Yeah, it's Rebel. I just watched it okay. like, last weekend. Um, um yeah, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I mean, I just think it's fascinating because we just really don't know what this time period is. And the sad thing is when you you sort of envisioned when, you know, after Return of the Jedi, you, you sort of envisioned that they would go on then to kind of overthrow the Empire and and live in, pos- in, in prosperity for the next, like, 30 mm-hmm. years. But apparently that wasn't the case. And I mean, I think that's the coolest thing is, like, we got so much about the world and where it's at just right. in this trailer. Like, just the, the little bit of the two main characters talking to Han and being mm-hmm. like... Like what the it's hell? Also, yeah, and then he'd be like, "It's all fucking true." That shows that, like, when that shit happened, Jedi and Sith gone completely. Like, no one believes in the Force. No one believes any of that. Well, what and I what was... Colin was talking about a bit about it being like this thing where uh, we don't know the scope of the whole thing. The Death Star exploding, yeah, it's a big deal, but that was just one thing, you know. Oh no, I know, and that's that's what's crazy to me is like you look at Han and you have to think back that he didn't really have that much 
sort of uh, exposure to the Jedi culture, right? He had Luke, which is pretty much it, but I don't. He comes in contact with Vader once, and then gets put in carbonite. And so he has that, that line where he talks about it's all true. He says it's all true, but he says the dark side and the Jedi. And he doesn't, I mean, maybe it's just the way it was written, but he doesn't mention the Sith because maybe he doesn't yeah. really understand well, what I mean, that he is. Well, I mean, probably wouldn't. I mean, the Sith Sith wasn't even mentioned in the original trilogy. Right, exactly. And so that might have been something that's that's not even culturally like relevant in this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating to see where Kylo Ren comes from and who trained him. And, if you know, he's even trained. He looks like he's trained. Do- does he? He's got a dope ass. He just fucking turns the lightsaber on. It looks like he just. Well, he looks like he's trained because presumably he's torturing He's using po, the force to torture him. See, I thought he was yeah. reading his mind. Yeah, well, I, which Pulling I went away from his head. Well, look, I mean, uh, to me, I got, I didn't get that vibe. I got that vibe of that, like he's doing some, some, some sort of nefarious, you know, similar to how. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not to get too far into this, but two things we talked about in the in the video we made were with that scene. It, I think it's a clear homage to A New Hope when Vader's torturing Leia and then blows up Alderaan. In the trailer that we just saw, it looks like he's torturing him and then using the new Death Star thing to blow up. You see a planet like exploding. It looks like it's his home planet. I think they're at least alluding to that. The other thing would be when there is a shot when you see um, Poe Dameron walking and uh, John Boyega, the crossing paths in front of the X-Wing, and it's like kind of that like buddy he, yeah, moment. Him on like the, um, the VO is Han, and he's saying, like, it's all true, the dark side, the Jedi. When he says dark side, you see Poe. When he says Jedi, you see Finn. And... That could be something. I don't that's think so. I don't think I think that that's I think they only did that to make people think that John Boyega is a Jedi. He's not a goddamn Jedi. Is uh, is the is the assumption too that that, that planet where that scene You're happens, that's Yavin. Yeah. I mean, or it's a moon. That's Yavin. Uh, our assumption is right. Is when they do cross each other's paths, I mean, that's Yavin, we assume, because it looks like where it looks like Yavin. Which one was Yavin? The, like where like their original base is. Oh, where they have the, the where they have the, the ceremony, end, the ceremony. Yeah. yeah, Tim Tim mentioned that because there's a spot where they walk into a temple that looks yeah, like it looks that. Just like I think that the temple place is Yavin. I'm not sure if that's the same planet as we don't know. There's so many planets that look similar now. Yeah, and uh, it's I think that's cool though because like when we all saw the desert planet, it's like why does so much shit happen on Tatooine? It's like oh, it's not Tatooine. It's just a different desert planet. Yeah, it would be weird. fascinating though if that was still the sort of the 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 hub of the rebel forces. And that planet is the one that we're seeing getting basically sieged by the by the empire. Yeah, the ca- like that's their capital or whatever, yeah. like like their Coruscant. The mm-hmm. the I think it goes even deeper than what you're talking about with with because that that scene with Han Solo when he talks about like it's all true it definitely is super meaningful, maybe the most meaningful line and and shot in the entire thing because it, it does indicate that there are stories that are missing and that there's mm-hmm. again context missing even for the people on the ground thirty years later. And what it makes me wonder is like, is that there's there's politic there's politics like practical politics. And I know that they tried to get into this in the prequels and it didn't it didn't succeed very well. But that wasn't really the problem with the prequels. I like the idea of trade embargoes and and, and all this kind of stuff in the Senate and all. And and I I think that's like fine. It just was muddled. It wasn't told right. A vote of the, no confidence in the chancellor. <laughs> thank you, Greg. Uh, <laughs> Senator Jar Jar Banks, what do you think? I need to say, this is going to suck. Are you done? I'm done. Uh, I, so I wonder if there's like some sort of political ramification because what the one thing we don't often consider, we look at the Empire as this big behemoth. There are probably, I mean, there clearly are people who are enlisting in, 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 into the Empire and the Stormtroopers and drafting themselves, basically. What we lose sight of is that there might be a lot of people that do not support the rebellion at all and and that they are loyalists to the Empire. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the things we're going to get into is the, st- the the Death Star being blown up wasn't that significant overall for them and that they might have even hidden it. 
that like no one really even knows like there there are stories about it but there's no evidence that it happened Mm -hmm. clearly they got vader's helmet and all this kind of stuff but there's a lot of weird shit missing in terms of the political story of how they get to that point i think that's going to be played up a lot and in terms of if the if the rebellion wasn't able to turn the, the ties on the empire after that then what does that all mean the one disappointing thing is that that i think is fucking corny as shit is like having another death star you know like give me a break like enough that's the third time in like 40 years you're gonna build this thing you know like like just but this doesn't make it firm. you're just going off the poster right well and you see it in the trailer too was it doing death star stuff yeah okay i mean you see it blow up a planet I just you saw the, the planet, planet on fire. I, I didn't know you ever see that. Well, you see the blast, and then it cuts to a thing. Well, you see up. a blast. I mean, that could just be a J.J. Abrams lens flare too. <laughs> yeah, I just he does that. Presume, presume, let's pre- assume that it is but what it seems assumption. like it is. I just, um, yeah, but I'm just like, I, like it has like this prominent place on the poster and stuff. I'm like, come on, you know, like that's the one thing. I'm like, so we don't need, we don't right. need, we don't need another mega structure from the Empire. It's not working out too well for them. The coolest thing in terms of what we see, I love the way the trailer starts is that derelict crash star destroyer. Mm-hmm. What a fucking mm-hmm. awesome idea yeah, to really like show the scope it. of it and how big it is. And it's just sitting there, you know, mm-hmm. like a remnant of an old, an old battle. I, I think that's the cool thing about this movie that I think there's now that we're seven movies in that I, I think is really cool is that there's now history. There's always been history in the galaxy. We just haven't really seen much of it. There's real history now, like from things that have happened sure. and these old relics and stuff and the way the TIE fighters and the X-Wings are even different now. And But they're still the same. And It's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 definitely, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not excited about it because I'm very, very excited about it. A lot of cool imagery, a lot of cool characters, a lot of a lot of questions. I, I want to, I'm excited to see Phasma take her helmet off, which I think is going to happen. I like just in like... Mm-hmm. No one knows who she is. We know who she is, but I, you assume. Well, I like in really the trailer know. we saw that Kylo takes his helmet off because I think that was a big question of is he even going to? Is he going to be more of a Vader type? And I like that, especially when he takes it off. He looks like fucking Anakin with his hair. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. So fucking great. Oh, it's going to be even crazier. Is that at some point someone's going to have to explain to him that Darth Vader actually wasn't a bad guy toward the end, and that's going to be an interesting <laughs> point, right? Because at some point you, you're going to you're going to think that they well, he's going to believe him when Luke was like, "Hey, dog, search your feelings. You know this to be true." No, he's going to he be was filled with pretty rage. Okay he won't listen. Okay, guy. dude. And yeah. I love, I love. Well, that's that's guy. a good point in the fact that no one knows that happened. No one knows it happened. And that is a really, really good point. So Only Luke and Anakin still. know that that happened. Right. Luke's gone. Anakin's dead. So they don't know. Like they might have thought he fought valiantly to protect the empire, the yeah, emperor, and exactly. the throne room and stuff exactly. like that. The cool thing, and and this was a rumor, which is why I wonder like what rumors were true, and what rumors weren't. Was one of the early rumors that I had read about this before we had started seeing anything is that they worship Vader. Yeah, yeah, well, and 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 they and they really do worship him, you know. And I think that's so, like they confirm it in the trailer. Now it's not just yeah. like this helmet, this like relic they have. Like they are like he talks to it. Mm-hmm. It's but, so it, cool. But it's fascinating that they worship him and not the emperor, right? It's fascinating that he is the icon. He is the he is the sort of the the god in their culture and not Emperor Palpatine. And that's and that's where the political and the weird intrigue comes in. Is like is are the stories told that the emperor turned? Or is there is there right. like is there all these are all these fake stories going on about what happened in that room with the three of them? You know, yeah. Like, oh, it's so cool. Like it's so yeah. it's so, it's such a nice thought to know that you know they have this cult of personality with Vader. Mm-hmm. It's really really cool. And that was a really early rumor, and it was true. And that and that brings me to the point of, you know, we were talking about. I always talk about conspiracy theories and how conspiracy theories are often not true because you assume people can't keep quiet. And the more, you know, like the moon landing one where it's like that would involve thousands of people. Someone would have spoken. These movies have involved thousands of people from the bit actors to the stormtroopers to the special effects people to the cameramen to the fucking caterers. To, and no one has said anything yet. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm sure that they are ironclad NDAs, but that hasn't stopped people in the past before. And that and that's that's why I'm so intrigued by 
um, and excited by the fact that they've just managed to keep everything under wraps. And I hope that they manage to do it moving forward. I am not confident that they're going to be able to. No, yeah, as we get closer. Oh, they're closer. so close to the finish line. Yeah. They are. And that's where things are always get fucked yeah. up. I mean, honestly, I don't think there's that many things we don't know at this point. I think there's a like, lot of things we like, don't know. There's like a couple big questions of like how people are like who's related to who and who dies when. And will Kylo survive the movie? Oh, I, I, I don't. I mean, those are questions, but I disagree. We just went over like all the things we don't know. Any but, one I mean, of I those think, things. I think if you looked into things a little more, you'd answer your own questions with a lot of that. Like I didn't. I was kind of staying quiet with this, but check out the video we did earlier if you want to see a little bit more. I mean, it's all spe- it's type. all speculation at this point. To, to 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 Colin's point, we don't know what the bigger picture is. We don't know what the the plot is of the movie, right? We don't know if it's about destroying the new Death Star or or any of that stuff. We have no idea how Luke fits into it. So that's what's cool about it. But if you watch it, there's an Easter egg. Which one? There's this girl in it that no one's talking about, dressed in white. Mm-hmm. Looks a little bit like Padme. That's all I'm saying. All right. Been there a few times. She got a phaser, I think, at one point. I don't think Set it's a to phaser. Stun. I think it might be. A, she looks like Padme. I think it might be a glow wand. <laughs> From, oh, uh, glow wand. from all right. Ghostbusters, right? Isn't that what they oh. call them, the glow wands? <laughs> oh, <I laughs> Those things are like called vib- The thing she's using is called like a vibroblade or something, right? The it's almost like the thing that the the Imperial soldiers used in Jedi, the ones that they hold. She even holds it like them, actually. If you watch, she holds it like inverted, like she has her hand in front of it. Schooled, ice got schooled. You That's got awesome. Destroyed. Ladies and gentlemen, let us know in the comments. I think that's what, what you think of this Star Wars trailer, and if you want these Star Wars, stay. That's for you. Do you me, I Little Bill that. Murray. I no, don't it. sing it. I love it. I'll sing it for you right now. <laughs> Star Wars. If they should buy wars, please let those Star Wars stay. Colin, what's your topic? I want to talk about, and, and so I don't want to take credit for this because a lot of people have asked me to talk about this topic and I got an email about it, but I don't want to cite one person in particular because a lot of people brought President this up Obama then. So mm. President Obama asked me specifically to talk about this, which is weird because he's all about it. Uh, political correctness, mm-hmm. and I want to define it for you guys first. I'm just gonna I'm going on my phone. Um, oop, that's I'm not spelling it right. There we go. R R E C T N E S S. Def. Don't know me. I don't know how to spell. There we go. For shit. Um. So I want. All right. So political correctness, according to Google, and this is I'm sure taken from like Merriam-Webster or something. The avoidance to noun, the avoidance often considered as taken to extremes of forms of expression or action that are perceived to exclude, marginalize, or insult groups of people who are socially disadvantaged or discriminated against. So this is a this is a notion that came up really in the 90s. Um, and it came up around things like affirmative action and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We, I don't want to talk about all that old shit now, but the reason that the reason that uh, political correctness is so interesting to me is because I actually wrote about it quite a bit when I was at IGN and one of the common things that people talk to me at that time now or you know would disparage me about was like this is a relic of the 90s no one talks like you know no one political correctness isn't even a thing it doesn't even happen and now clearly it's a thing and it's it's run amok and it's a fucking everywhere around us so yeah hashtag Colin was right but also hashtag it was obvious um, that this was a real thing and I'm curious how you guys like what your guys take is on this movement of political correctness this take on um, uh, scrubbing offensive things or not being inclusive enough or not having enough women in something or enough men or enough people of color or whatever it is um, different ethnicities religions and stuff like that and what it means to you and, and is it a valid thing is it not a valid thing because to me it seems to be a culture war that is so obviously frightening in a way mm-hmm. to me that um, almost like it almost comes off as fascism in a way. It almost comes off as 
um, lacking free expression or free speech. It almost comes off as as something that is designed, no doubt, with good intent to protect people and make them feel good, but actually scrubs free will from the way people act and the way people speak and the way people talk. So I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on this at all before I, mean, I jump me, down the rabbit hole. For me, it's talking about painting with a broad brush. You know what I mean? It's hard to jump into this topic and not talk, have specific examples or something like that. Like overall, is, pol- is political correctness a bad thing? Not necessarily. Has it been taken to extremes left and right? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the problem. Right now, I feel like at least the camp I'm in is that when you bring up something, when you bring up something, if you're using political correctness, if you're talking about being politically correct, it's a negative. Somebody's talking about it. It's the examples, maybe just because I live in the house with you and we talk about it. The examples you bring up are so far and extreme that you're like, what the fuck is going on? Why would anyone do that? When people are outraged at a comedy show that a comedian saying this different stuff, I'm like you paid the money to go in there to hear the jokes mm-hmm. that are meant to make you go, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what comedy is. And you hear like what it was Seinfeld and who was the other comedian? Like Chris Rock or Chris something. Rock. We're talking about how they can't go to college campus anymore. They, they don't play it because everybody's too, too thin skinned on this, mm-hmm. that they're too upset about it. The problem that it sp- spirals out to, you know, that, I, and I don't know if it's just the circles you run in or the people you choose to surround you with or sur- surround yourself with is that it comes up so rarely, I feel, in terms of our everyday lives. You know what I mean? Which is weird when you think about it because our everyday lives are speaking to someone through the screen and doing something on the internet and you know saying whatever the fuck we want and then just having to deal with consequences. But I feel the fact that we laid that out there, we've created a community of best friends that are like-minded on that front that they don't get offended. And they do get offended here and there, but not on the level of crying PC foul and coming at us and making all these things happen or go. But it's like when we were talking about a couple months ago, trigger warnings and all this stuff and all these different things, um, you were talking about college campuses. And my reaction, of course, was like, well, sure, but like these these are no-name colleges doing it. I've never heard of it, da-da-da-da-da. And then you looked up, and there was one at Northeastern, and there was one at Mizzou. And it, but it was like, it, again, isn't like on the grand scale. It is these, like, you were boiling them down to these one-by-one examples. And that's when it gets to the point of, like, looking, you know, at the tree rather than the forest and where the real problem is. Mm-hmm. I feel like when it comes up and it's like, yeah, this class on American history or whatever is doing a trigger warning for this, da 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 that's like, it sounds ridiculous, and it is a bit ridiculous to me. And so, like... I don't know anybody who I'm walking around with talking to that like that that to go back and dial back to their college career when they went to this American history class they needed to hear this trigger warning you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so it's just this weird thing of a a world that's so far off and on the other spectrum you don't even know what's happening you don't you, I don't have any context boots on the ground in there and so you hope it just gets blinked out or whatever yeah I think it's like to me I take it more just a responsibility on myself to understand what I don't understand and just know that the way I think something's going to make people feel is not necessarily how it's going to make them feel. Sure. And to just at least try to understand what am I doing and how is that going to affect people? Yeah. And then learn from your mistakes. Exactly. And see how things affect people. And if people, you know, react a certain way, then I'm like, all right, I understand that perspective now or where they're coming from. Then it's up to me to decide exactly what I think is acceptable or not. And like if, if what they're, they're reacting to if they're they're valid or whatever and it's like at the end of the day it's like it's not up to me to decide if what they're doing or saying is valid it's up to me on how i decide of how i'm going to react to it exactly no that's a great point i mean the the big thing about all of this is yeah and it's it's the broad brush painting right of where i'm just i just talked about trigger warnings and how i thought they were dumb in this college and this is from an article i read you know that was about this about this very specific thing so that isn't reflecting on everyone's trigger warning or anything else right like if for somebody to come to me with their story and explain why they need trigger warning, 
on this thing, not necessarily what I'm talking about. That makes sense. It's all mm-hmm. about this is what we always talk about with the political argument, right? It's about being malleable, right? I want to know your experience so I can take it in, process it, and then have my own reaction to it. And maybe it is that I agree you're right, or maybe it is I agree that I stick with what I, what, how I feel on this. Yeah, and I just think it's important to just, at the end of the day, just try to be a good person. And it sounds so freaking stupid and simple, but I feel like so many people that get upset about this and like do kind of react to all of these things mm-hmm. and react to, that get upset and like, that wasn't politically correct and get angry about it, they end up acting more obscene and more like upset yes. than, than anything and that is what i think causes the, the big problem because instead of focusing on the issue at hand sure. it's making an issue out of anything and really you need to understand the intent of what was in, meant when i say something like i hope that people understand what i'm trying to say not what i'm saying if that makes sense no it does yeah, yeah, yeah and like if you just take what i'm saying out of context or whatever or even in context like and you you twist it he's like oh he was saying this it's like I wasn't saying that like you should know what I was was saying. And if you don't understand that, that's the miscommunication. Let's have a conversation about that. You know, like this whole there's been so many things and especially that we it's our job to talk and say stuff. There's so many things that I've said that over the years I've looked back and seen people still talk about. And then I'm like vast library. There's a vast library of stuff. Yeah. And um, they look back at this. I look back at it. and I'm like, man, like to see where a statement I made is now being talked about years later i'm like that's not even what i was talking about a couple things that come to mind are um when i talked about space on the game of gravy episode <laughs> with Damon. where it's a thing fa- like everyone on the internet now loves to to point out the fact that i said that the that iphone announcements are more important than than space travel and i'm like I didn't say that. And even if I did say a sentence that sounded like that, I wasn't literally saying it's more important. I'm saying I care more about that because it affects me in a way that like I'm this is <laughs> to this be fair, technology I use. 99% every day. of the world will probably agree with you by their actions. Maybe not. Maybe not in uh, and, and by the thought process. But that's my entire I don't point. see people lining up uh, in front of NASA for the next spaceship launch. That's my least, entire I point is that like then success. people just get upset at me for, for saying this thing. Sure. And it's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, uh, and even if I was making a joke or even if like whatever, they get so upset about that. The other thing being the, uh, um, my topic when I talked about recycling where, uh, people like using other people's recycling mm-hmm. or whatever. And I oh understand. yeah. yeah. People are making that sound. Like I was trying to say that, like, like putting down the people that go around and, uh, take bottles. Pick up the my only point was, I don't understand like how that's worth it. And to we did get a couple of really good it. responses from fans whose families have done that and, and why they and do it. For and for sure. And total, that, that's mm-hmm. great. But it's like, people are acting like I was being insensitive oh, sure, 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 to, to all that. And it, that's the type of thing was like, I, I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Cause I know what I meant by that. I know that I didn't mean anything bad. I know I wasn't talking shit about anybody. Yeah. So it's like you guys talking shit about me saying things. You're the one talking shit. Now you're going to get shot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's calling to your original kind of point. I'm torn on this issue because I feel like it's better as a society to err on the side of being a little too politically correct than the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that the the current sort of move in the progressive voice on the Internet right now is very probably a distinct uh, byproduct of where this country has been at for the last 70 years. Right. I mean, you, we haven't we have a culture where we have mistreated minorities and, and, and women pretty radically over you know the last 60, 70 years. And so coming at it, I think that's that's what we're seeing is that, you know, life. Societies always try to find that balance culturally, and I think that where that's what we're trying to do. Now, what I, you know, personally, since we talk for a living, I find it kind of interesting because I, I do. If you'd have caught me ten years ago, I would say distinctly different things than I do now, largely because I'm afraid of having that echo chamber pick it up and then and and uh, blow it out of proportion. But also largely because it's our responsibility as people who are you know putting out thoughts in there and really analyzing things to to start to not filter but pass it through. 
a, a guise of politically correctness of saying, is that something that I should be saying right now? Or maybe don't say it like that. Maybe say it from a little bit more sure. intelligent standpoint so that people understand your message instead of going out there. And it's very difficult because a lot, of, a lot of times a lot of the things that get picked up are, are quote unquote humor. Someone's like, well, I'm a comedian or I'm just saying a joke and you guys shouldn't be offended at this. Um, we're not that. We have a little bit more of a responsibility to our audience. We have to kind of be, you know, we have to have those discussions. And, you know, we talked about the the. <laughs> we talked about we had a topic i think on um the the phrase no homo right um we talked about that a few times we talked about that a few times and so like being able to talk intelligently about that i think is incredibly important but where does the line where is the line drawn right where is it where and and that's always the that's always the hard part um where do you draw the line of saying i'm going to say this intelligently versus not say it because i'm afraid of persecution or i'm afraid that someone's going to pick it up out there and the echo chamber of people who just want to have a voice heard regardless of what they are what they think or or don't think they just want to go out there and lambast someone uh that's what you're opening yourself up to and so i think it's it's definitely interesting because it does it does have freedom of speech does start to play into it a little bit of saying like someone should be able to say Whatever the hell they want to say, even if it's the worst, the most offensively racist thing possible, we have a society that should allow people to say that. But at the same point, now we're seeing this counterbalance to that, which is if you do that, people are going to jump down your throat and probably kick you off the Internet and probably make your life a living hell. But is that right, too? And that's the problem is that it's just all extremes. You know what I mean? We're not whether you're saying the most horrible racist thing in the world or you're just saying something in jest, something, whatever, something you believe or whatever, like you still get that extreme reaction of the dog pile mm. that makes it so hard to figure out. I mean, how many times have we ended this show or whatever and you want to listen to a bit or, you, you know, you'll ask us if you, sure. you, you, you said this, but is that okay? I've done it before too. Oh yeah. Or we have to make Kevin edit something. Poor Kevin. Out, you know what I mean? Poor Kevin runs out of Bic pens when, when I start talking. He's just like, shit, get ready. Um, and uh, largely because I'm just trying to be funny. But at the same time, that, to my, to, you know, to my early point, you can be funny, but sometimes I'll say something and be like that. I was I would meant that a certain way, but because yeah. of the way it came out of my mouth, that could be construed as very, very offensive. And that's not the intent. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I have an interesting, actually, perfect example of this. I went to a comedy show on Friday with my brother for his birthday and we were sitting at a table with a uh, with two women that we had not met before. Um, they sat down. We started introducing ourselves. One of them was a, a mother who this was her first night out in a while. She just had a, a child. And the other one was a 27 year old girl who had actually worked for one of the comedians. And they were friends because they worked. Uh, at a bar together um, down the road and we went and saw Brad Garrett who was uh, he's the brother on Everyone Loves Raymond super funny but very 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 skating the line of what is funny and what's incredibly racist um, same similar the, the one of the comedians that followed him was a uh, Mexican American I guess or Latino female um, and then after that was a guy who quote unquote was a redneck and that was his words on mine. he's like I'm a redneck but I married a Mexican girl and so all of his humor all of her humor was based on being a wife and being Mexican and 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 having and what it means to to have a husband and all of his humor was being a redneck and having a Mexican wife and he you know the things that he said were you know taken out of the of the context of you're at a comedy club could be construed as offensive now sure. I think he was a little he was using sort of the the racial line to kind of be self-deprecating but she did not see it that way and she got very very offended one of the women that was sitting with us and started basically heckling him and that did not end well not for um, her I'm sure not for her and, and it, but but it was but it was interesting because I was like I don't heckle a comedian on the one hand I respect you for having your opinion and and he is saying that to be fair there was a line where I'm like even I'm like there's a little bit of of 
you know, implied racism happening here. And they're doing it on purpose because I think it, for whatever reason, I don't know. But Brad Garrett specifically was was saying some very, very, very interesting things toward one of the African-American women in the, in the audience. And I was like, I mean, I'm like, I, we're at a comedy club. I got to remember that I chose to be here. And I guess that at the end of the day, that's what I had to remind myself is I was like, I chose to be at a comedy club. So. Therefore, I am also choosing to be offended if someone says something at a comedy club that I'm paying to see. This is this person's job, right? He's supposed to be sort of pushing the limits of what I feel is acceptable for the sake of comedy. But at the same time, am I right for, you know, get, I mean, we ended up actually having to get up and leave because I didn't want to have my night disrupted by this woman who was becoming a little bit more belligerent <laughs> as, the, as the day goes on. I mean, she was literally screaming. and and So she became the issue. She became an issue only because she was so offended that. I, she, I wish she had done what I chose to do, which was I'm not comfortable with the situation anymore. Not because of the comedian. I thought most of the things they were saying was totally fine. I mean, again, you're going to get offended at some point. If you sit down at a comedy show in Burbank, California, you're going to get offended. Someone's going to say something. You're like, oh, shit, that was a little outside of the lines. What I feel are are politically correct. But you have a choice. You can ruin everyone else's night around you or you can do what my brother and I did was say, you know what? We're just not we're not comfortable here anymore. No, no, but but, but so why did you leave, left. though? Did you leave because you were offended or did you leave because she was ruining your shit because she was being super loud about her political correctness? She was being very loud. And I mean, at one point, she the guy was the, the, the gentleman's jokes were on the line. Right. But he was using his relationship with his wife to illustrate the fact that he was, in fact, kind of a, a dipshit. Right. So he was saying all these things about his wife being Mexican, but using that situation to illuminate the fact that he was kind of a you know, lesser of a man or whatever. It was very self-deprecating. That's what I took from it. She did not take that. She just took that he hated his wife and was racist against Mexicans. Ah. Um, and I know that because that's exactly what she kept saying over and over, louder and louder. Well, this guy hates his wife. And, oh, look at all the white people laughing at the Mexicans. By, mind you, we were in Burbank, so it was a very mixed ethnic group. I mean, there was plenty of Mexican people and black people and white she people She just kept looking right at you guys and like, look she at the white the, people Yeah, she looked at the two chubby the white guys. And she was like, you guys are the problem. And I'm like... Oh, Jesus, this is becoming very, very, uh, it just became not fun for us. And I wish they had, I, I wish that I'm like, look, if you're in a place where you're offended by this, well, the best way to show your offense is to not give this club any more money is to cash out get up and leave. Mm -hmm. Um, but she didn't want to do that. And my brother, it was his birthday and he was like, he was getting uncomfortable. I think he wasn't having a good time anymore. So I asked him if he wanted to go and we, we cashed out and we took off. And, you know, on the way there, I, you know, the, the comedian was standing by the door that had just come off stage and I was like, Hey, you're really funny. You know, thank you for the the comedy and sorry that the person that was sharing the table with us was offended. He goes, you know what happens? Like, you know, you, you go out there to put out something into, you know, to talk in front of an audience. And at some point someone's going to have a mixed feeling about what you're saying is like, that's that's my job as a comedian. That's what I do. This is this is my art. And I'm like, I respect that. So we ended up leaving. But it was a very interesting set of circumstances because I had heard about that. I'd seen hecklers. I saw a heckler one time when I went and saw Andrew Dice Clay. The guy left. Because Andrew Dice Clay lit into him for 25 minutes straight. And I was like, this is fucked up, but I'm drunk and I'm laughing. Um, but I'd never actually seen someone actually really offended. And, you know, maybe rightfully so. Maybe she had some issues with her marriage or maybe her husband mistreated her. And she just didn't think it was fair that this person, you know, delve into those issues. Um, but it was a unique set of circumstances. And I, I was torn because I'm like, I can see why you would be offended. But at the same time, you're sort of choosing to be more offended than than you need to be for what reason i don't know well this is the problem and this is where I, this is kind of where i come back to it. and this is you know no one there's no excuse for being racist or sexist or whatever that's not really the point right mm -hmm. the point is is that there's something super orwellian about terms like trigger warning mm. and microaggression 
Mm-hmm. Like if you told me that Orwell wrote about microaggressions, because just like he brought up, you know, um, new speak, right, mm-hmm. or something like that. Like that was what it was all. You know, th- th- these these very Orwellian or just kind of uh, brave new world, not an Orwell book, but brave new world kind of just weird kind of politically correct, very sanitized, the giver kind of shit going sure. on. Um, you would be like, I'd be like, oh, I totally believe that he would write about something like this. Like, uh, oh, trigger warnings. He, he, he must have written about this, this, this idea that before you say anything, you have to sanitize and make sure no one's feelings get hurt and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The reason but to Greg's original point that I got so upset about trigger warnings in college is that college is designed to teach you things, Challenge not it. make you feel good about right. yourself. If you're I studied history, if you're walking into a history class, let's say you're, I took many Nazi Germany classes, like three or four of them. Um, and let's say that you walk in there. Does the teacher really the professor really need to tell you, like, we're going to talk about really heinous shit. Yeah. Because we're talking about the Nazis, right? You know, there's like, no way to maybe sanitize you do that. not belong here. You know, if this is really offensive to you, if you're offended, that's totally your prerogative. My problem with it is that you project your offended posture on other people. That's when I get that's when I have a fucking huge problem with it. Mm-hmm. I don't give a flying fuck if the talk about warfare is insulting to you or uh, offends you in any way. This is a class about history. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is what we study. If you study history, you study politics and war. That's basically it. So this is where I get upset and I draw the line is that there's something I truly ironic, almost precious in my mind about the progressive stance. And I'm not talking about progressive gay marriage or progressive pro-choice, whatever. I'm talking about like far left progressive craziness, which is what I would deem it. Just mm-hmm. like the far right's crazy too. Um, where it's like you want to scrub so much out that you are censoring people that you are censoring people that you really believe that a world must be lived in which you can't have a comedian tell a joke. You can't have a person at a college because he or she might offend your sense, your precious sensibilities like mm. anyone gives a fuck. And I mean, that's like what it really comes down to. Why should anyone care if normal everyday things are offensive to you? They shouldn't. And to your to your point about, you know, the, the echo chamber, and all that fuck the echo chamber. I've had many fights with it before in my, in my life and I will have more fights with it. In the future, if they want to come at me, come at me. Mm-hmm. I've come out every one of them on the winning end of that. Why? Because most people, a majority, and I would say even a vast majority of people agree with us. And they're afraid, like you're saying, of engaging because they don't want to be tanked. But I don't care. Well, not, I will gladly fight the fight. Gladly. Not only that, but I also feel like once you start fighting, I mean, I think a lot of the people's and I I, I do this too a lot of times, right, is you look at look at something from just a headline. And you have that guttural reaction to it with zero basis and zero sort of information behind it. And you go at someone. And this is what you have to be very careful of, right, is that when you talk, start talking about the echo chamber or, chamber or that or the specific amount of voices that, that sort of start piling on to people, that their arguments most often time I found are very, very thin. There's not much back to it. There's no. no. So once you take them on, say, look, fine, let's have a discussion about this. Let's 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 have an illuminating discussion about this. Maybe I'll learn something. Maybe you'll learn something. You'll find that most people don't have the chutzpah for that. I don't no, think people want to really hang in there for that. They just want to scream at someone, feel validated, feel like their existence has been heard for one second, and then go about their 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 daily lives validated. The the, the point that I agree with you, first of all, I think it's you know when you scream when there's an echo chamber to begin with, it usually means that there's not much of an intellectual backing for anything you're saying. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just obvious. I'll debate anyone about anything I say, and I'll, and I'll do it gladly. I don't care. Um, 
the the problem is that there's a difference between being respectful. For instance, you don't walk down the street and use a racist term. You don't walk down the street and use a homophobic term. Yeah, um, we're very accepting in, 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 on this podcast and on, on our in our company in terms of you know you're welcome here if you're gay. You're welcome here of any color, creed, religion. If you're transgender, I don't like that's great. That's your prerogative. And as a small government kind of guy and a, a hands off kind of guy, I think I encourage you to do that. I mean, do what you mm-hmm. want. I don't care. Um, and be who you want to be. It doesn't really bother me, you know, at all. Sure. If you want to be transgender, you want to be into this religion, you want to, I don't, whatever. I mean, that's you, it's your life, do what you want, whatever makes you happy. But you have to care about trophies. But you have to care about trophies or you're not welcome here. Now, the thing, I, the, I, I, I just find, I just find sheer irony in the political correct stance in the sense that it's like, why aren't there more women in this game? Why aren't there more people of color in this movie? Yeah, why but, aren't there, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, if you want to make that game or make that movie, make it, do it. It doesn't mean that this movie shouldn't exist just because there's all white people in it or this movie like Bridesmaids shouldn't exist because it's all women or whatever. It's the same. It's just all these fucking really vacant arguments about scrubbing, scrubbing, scrubbing. Everything's Mm got to be as diverse as possible. Everything's got to be diversity for diversity's sake, as they say. And it's like that doesn't sound good to me. You know, like the the example I've always used is like if we hire, let's say we're going to hire 10 people, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to hire the 10 best people for the job. And they and they, and if they're all black women, then they're going to be all black women. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hire. Oh, there's too many black women. I'm going to need, need an Hispanic. I'm going to need an Asian guy. I got to have an Indian girl. And, you know, it doesn't matter that they're, you know, you know, they're not maybe as good as at their job as the black woman. We got to have diversity, man. Or we're going to, you know, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to do I'm going to do what's best for the company. I'm going to do what's best for the product. And I think that's what people do when they make a film or they make a game or whatever. If they have a dude bro white guy shooter, it's probably because people frankly buy more games with dude bro white guys. And if you want to make your game with an all Hispanic cast, then go for that. I, I, I am interested in that. The, the other, the other, the other side of the spectrum is when you express, and, and this is why the other side is really just as bad is that like the other extreme is a couple weeks ago, I talked about how I'm really excited about Horizon partially because I'm PlayStation 4 partially because it's got a female lead. And I, I am always intrigued by the female perspective and ha- playing as a female character, whether it's, you know, not that I cared much for the game, but I was always fascinated by Faith and Mirror's Edge and stuff like that. Like, there's just there's something to be said about getting more diversity in there. But I'm not doing it if, if her like that's the game they want to make. No one said no one on sure. the grill and was like, we, we need a woman protagonist. They just did it. And people some people in the comments were like, oh, does, you know, get the fuck out of here with this kind of thing. I'm like, I'm just excited. That's a woman character. I mean, USJW. Yeah, yeah it's but, like it's, it's, it's just so it's, it's, a, it's just a lot of silliness. You it's know? a double edged sword, though, because you wouldn't it's 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 I'd be remiss if I didn't say that some of it actually does affect positive change. Right. Especially when you look at uh, you look at Hollywood. Right. And, and Hollywood has been historic. It has has been has made films for the most part that are predominantly males and their portrayal of women for the most part has been predominantly as things that need to be saved. And that's unfortunate. But I think that that in order to affect the change and a shift in that you do sort of need that sort of polar opposite on the left. But that, that sort of fringe out there that's saying so many things that it does make a person like me who is basically caught up in my normal everyday life. Stop and think, you know, as a writer or as someone who's writing a screenplay, am I going to write? that female character as sort of a uh, a very one-dimensional uh, thing that's just supposed to be acquired the by the guy. Runs around in high heels away right. from Right, runs around in high heels, exactly. Or do I, are these, is there some merit to this argument that for so, just because someone something's been that way for so long that it doesn't need to necessarily evolve? And so I think, but that's a perfect example of me looking at that from a very objective perspective and saying, you know what, I think it would better my story if my female characters were as well thought out and well motivated as my male characters. 
I think it can only be better. It's similar to how if you're going to write a bad guy, what's the point of writing a bad guy that's just inherently evil? It's way more fascinating to watch a bad guy that really believes that he is the protagonist of his own story, that he is the good guy in his story. We talked about Star Wars, um, you know, on the previous segment, and Darth Vader is a perfect example of that, right? Where he is a guy who thought he believed he was doing well. If you if you look at it kind of how he was set up and then at the end realizes that he wasn't. But that's a very fascinating thing. So, I mean, going back to the original point, I, I think it has affected me positively. But you do need both sides to keep it in balance, right? You need people that are like, come on. Like, come on, really? Like, we're not we're, – we're really as a society going to start like – weeding out words that could be quote-unquote offensive i think one of the stories that i heard and i'm gonna i don't want to get this completely wrong so i'll just cursory and kind of talk about it was there was a uh a, a college or excuse me a law school that the students were trying to uh protest one of the courses that was being taught about rape because they, they that rape was too touchy of a subject and it, and, it, and it was a uh, a trigger word a microaggression but it's absurd right how can you train a school of lawyers and not train them to deal with that subject. That is something that happens all the time. And so it has to be kept in balance. There has to be checks and balances, these things. And I think that's kind of what we can do, especially as people who have long-form uh, podcasts. We can talk about these things for 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be 140 characters on mm-hmm. Twitter of someone running, run, run, you know, oh, Nick said the word rape on a podcast. Let's jump down his throat. No, well, listen to the podcast. We're talking about this intelligently and trying to examine both sides. Yeah, I think that to... To your point, it, there, there doesn't. There's always a balance. I mean, that's what politics is: it's the pendulum that swings. It's the scales. Like the you know, forty percent will always vote Republican, forty percent will always vote Democrat. It's the, it's the middle of that that that's fluid. I just think that we have are, are reaching a point where we're empowering a very small group of people that think that are loud and think that they they hold way more sway and power with the populace than they do to start to dictate uh, art to dictate. Uh, music or comedy to the point where people that are quite liberal, like Chris Rock, who is very liberal, or Jerry Seinfeld, who is very liberal, are being like, "Fuck this!" Like I, I, I don't, I don't. First of all, Jerry, Jerry, you know, Jerry Seinfeld is doesn't need to do anything, mm-hmm. you know, and he and he's coming out being like, "This is fucking crazy," and like it's not, it's not just they're the ones that are bold enough and don't care because they have so much money and so much clout that right. they they'll say it. They really are speaking for a lot of younger and and. and lesser known comedians that feel like they can't say like they can't you know oh you can't joke about this why not joke about whatever the fuck i want to joke about right you know what i mean like if you're offended by it that's your prerogative and i respect that and i appreciate that but i'm gonna joke about it anyway right you know and if you can't handle that that's your problem and that i feel like is the the, the majority opinion not even the majority opinion because i do believe in the tyranny of the, the, the majority so i'm not necessarily saying it's just because of a majority but a vast majority of people feel the same way well, Men, I would, I would so. women, every ethnicity, every religion. I, I would sure. I'm sure a plurality, a plurality of all of them, feel like just shut the fuck up. If there's four white guys on the movie poster, it's gonna be fine. You know, right. if there's two black women in this movie, it's gonna be great. You know, if it's it's like we can't. It's so funny because we look at things in binary, and don't realize that it's actually destructive. As long as we keep differentiating. Between everyone, as long as we keep bringing and hashing these same tired tropes up all over and over again about the way things are and and these trigger warnings and these microaggressions and all of this, I feel like it holds us back. And I really do find significant irony in the progressive side of this argument, basically censoring everyone, because that's basically what they want. See, I don't agree with that. I think that it is important to kind of, you know, bring the minorities and all that stuff and kind of put more focus on it and like I agree with you fundamentally that it's like everyone should be treated the same but I think that because those groups have been treated so differently for so long we do need to 
kind of support, like what Nick was saying, like really do kind of redefine what all that stuff is. And we saw it over the 90s. We saw it like going into now, like the way that gays have been treated then and now it's not perfect, but we're, you know, there is progress. And I think a lot of that does come down to the fact that those conversations started happening. It was way more taboo to to be doing that, even like Seinfeld with like saying the whole not that there's anything wrong with that and like all that type of stuff. That type of stuff, I think, really pushed forward this thing where it's gays now a little bit more of a accepted thing. And I think that, you know, getting more women into roles, getting more ethnicities into main roles, like doing all that type of stuff and making them real characters that matter. It's important. And it's like, I just I agree with you fundamentally that we should all be treated equally. I think it's back to the broad brush and the spectrum, right? The truth is somewhere in between. I don't think it needs to be ignored. I don't think it needs to be brought up on every case. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there, there's this middle area. Yeah, Sadly, and it, on Twitter with 140 characters, all we get is... Sure. And and it, it's it's important to note that, it, and I've said it before, it goes both ways. The other side sucks, too. Like... Well, I mean, the, the, the other the, side that com- like complains about the all-female Ghostbusters and stuff, I'm like, I'm, I think that's really an interesting yeah, idea. So it's, it's... it's But I, don't, I think that, it, like, to this point, like, you don't bring up I, I really don't feel like fundamentally as someone who writes like the character is the character you do what's necessary for the character you don't write around what you think you need to fill a diversity quota in your story I'm sorry sure. like that's that's not the way that's not the way art is created I don't I don't know any creator that goes about like I'm gonna write a story it's gonna have three acts and we have to have complete gender diversity. There's got to be complete well, ethnic diversity. There are plenty of people it. in Hollywood that would do that. It's totally absurd. It's like what what are the what are the characters? Like, what, what are they the trying character? to say with the art though? I mean, like if they're the goal with the art is trying to make some type of change and is trying to change the perception on stuff. Like if I think that, that is stuff the goal is very, of the art, that is not the goal of most art. You know? I mean, I don't think that's fair to say. Like the goal, the goal of most art is to change they want something. It to be. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think the, the goal of art is to say, like, let's change something. I don't think that like they're writing episode seven being like, let's change shit. You know, like I think I mean, they're, I think they're being like. If you look at episode seven, like I definitely think that they, and I think Star Wars has always been kind of. Yeah, like, that's a bad pro- example for you to bring up because Star Wars has always, you know, episode since episode four, empowered white woman. But uh, I didn't bring up Star Wars. Uh, well, you were you we were talking about you just said it, looking at episode seven and like you they're did. definitely being. I'm saying you brought up the ep- You just said it. Okay, sorry. The the uh, I was saying that that's a bad example in a in a way to 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 reinforce the idea because. The, as to your point, they've always been progressive. The man who blew up the Death Star is black. So it's not like, and that was in 1983. And I mean, Leia is like a very strong lead to be fair, female right. character. Billy D. Williams transcends all the racial and gender bounds. He does. He does. Billy D. Williams is awesome. I goddess. hope he's not in the new ones because not everyone needs to be in it, but that's great. That would be- but the, the, point I'm, the point I'm trying to make is like let things happen that make sense for the story. And if it's, if it's a gender imbalance or a racial imbalance sure. in some way, then that's the way it is. I do just think that we've gone to this extreme where they're complaining. It's just it's just endless streams of bitching yeah. about everything. Yeah, but I think that really for people that I and here's the thing good that, that can come from it. I, I really don't at this point because it just it I just do makes because people, I feel like I feel like the, it's a vocal minority that's out there that's bitching on one side, a vocal minority on the other side. And then there's the rest of us who get to sit in the middle and really think about the issues. Perfect example is uh, was it Kim Davis, that girl that the, the woman that got put in jail because she wouldn't yep. she wouldn't uh, uh, give up marriage give up marriage licenses, right? That is a fascinating thing, right? You've got the right who was like she shouldn't be going to jail for her beliefs, the left who's like you can't do your job. You know, you're a state employee, you can't do your job. You you should step down. And then there's the rest of us in the middle that can kind of a little bit see her side in it, right? Kind of and, and for the no, I can because she believes in something. She is allowed to believe in that. And she went. She was believing it so much. She went to jail for it. I can appreciate and respect that. I don't agree with her. 
I think that she was, if she can't do her, I'm, I'm more on the left on that. Yeah, I think if she can't, can't do her job, your job she has to, to go away. That. But I've heard people, I've heard both sides of that story, and now I can form an opinion on that. That is not, my first gut reaction was, fire her, get her out, right? But I can appreciate that she is not an inherently evil person. She just has a belief structure that I don't believe in. Uh, and that she, there is a se- another side to that story that is worth me at least looking at and going, nope, I got all the facts. I still believe what I believe, right? I still have an opinion, but now I've taken a look at all of it and think, you know what? I think my my opinion is sound, or maybe I need to shift it a little bit. And I think that's what happens when you start you start getting these kind of crazies out there is because you just have to be smart about it. And it has to boil down to the individual. Like you're saying, it can't be broad strokes. It has to boil down to you. Look at it all. Take a step back before you draft that tweet. Think about it for a second and then put something out there. That's and also just know that whatever you put out there, your view on that is going to be different the next day. You're going to know more information. It might not change, but it's like it's going to be you're going to know more information. You're going to have a different perspective on your life. And that's I think the important thing is to keep checking yourself and to keep thinking about where you're at, and where you stand on stuff and to keep trying to find out both sides. Mm-hmm. That's not just two sides, every side. Find out as many sides as possible. The 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 point I was trying to make in the, and, and where I'm kind of getting to the apex of the argument for me is these reductive arguments that we're talking about mm-hmm. and these reductive approaches to just numbers and just uh, quotas and all this nonsense is that the ultimate victim are the good people that don't feel a negative way but are stigmatized into looking a certain way because people don't you know there's a certain group of people that will just ruin them because mm-hmm. they I mean you know I've said it in the past and I'll say it again what happened to the the Mozilla CEO when he was basically pushed out of uh, out of Firefox because he gave money to Proposition 8, which was an anti-gay marriage thing. I'm like, that's fucked up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm pro-gay marriage. I've been pro-gay marriage for a very long time. A man shouldn't be pu- pushed out for his fucking, main, frankly, mainstream political arguments, especially in 2008. You know, mm-hmm. he was pushed out of that company because of his political beliefs. And it's not like he has fascist or fucking communist political beliefs. These are not outside the mainstream, you know, still, unfortunately. But my point is, is that I, I took a stand for that dude online and was just like, I'm pro gay marriage, but this seems like fucked up. We all it's it's the same argument I've always made where I'm like, people are like, oh, this this pro, you know, I would never support anyone that, that doesn't support gay marriage. I'm like, oh, did you, did you vote for Barack Obama in 2008? You know, I'm just kind of look at my nails and just kind of, you know, be like, and just wait for the answer. And like, yeah, I'm like, oh, because Barack Obama was against gay marriage when he ran in 2008. So I guess you're a bigot. And that's and that's what it comes down to. That guy's a bigot, you know, uh. The, the guy who, you know, says, you know, I always go back to Borderlands 2 in the girlfriend mode, which was one of my favorite things ever in terms of the, in terms of illustrating how fucking silly this shit is, where a guy giving an interview for Borderlands 2 uh, that worked at Gearbox talked about this, this, this kind of complimentary co-op mode. And he called it to one of the, the, the publishers or one of the uh, journalists, rather, uh, girlfriend mode, which was a way of saying like, oh, it's for people that don't, you know, play the game, play, you know, come in. He didn't mean it offensive. The guy's not sexist. He maybe used the wrong terminology considering women play games, but he was deemed a sexist and it probably ruined his fucking career for a little while. Yeah. He didn't even do anything wrong. Like this is the kind of this is the kind of shit I'm talking about, you know, or um, when everyone jumped all over Far Cry 4 and Pagan Min because he looked it, white. because he looked white in the in the art when he was holding like a grenade against like an indigenous person in, in the art and stuff like that. And I'm like, the fuck are you guys talking about? First of all, he's not white. He's Asian. Second of all, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Like, 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 the, if the bad these, guy and, didn't do bad things that were offensive, exactly. there'd be no game. So this is how comical these are. This is the comical place these arguments end up. And then they start painting people as bigots or racists. I know what it's like because I'm a Republican, you know, mm. the war on women. Yeah, there's a war. Yeah, OK, there's a war on women. Sure, there is. 
half of the Republican voter is a is women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a, like it's it's all these very reductive. Just because you're pro life, which I think is, and I'm not pro life, I'm pro choice, but just because you're pro life and you make a pro life argument, which I think is a fucking principled and bold argument, and I wish I was pro life in a way because I, I respect that side, I really do. They're anti women. Ah, they're bigots. They're sexists. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is the way it all comes down. Just like Republicans are often called racist because they want to, you know, they want to have a controlled immigration policy. And they're and they're called this, by the way, by a group of people that are running five white people for president. Meanwhile, the Republican Party is running a black guy, an Indian guy, a woman, uh, two Hispanic people. Yeah, but we're the, we're the racists. No, no doubt about that, because we feel a certain way about our immigration policy. This is the these are the reductive fucking nonsense arguments that then get fed into the mainstream. And then because people don't do the research and don't talk and don't th- just think about it for a minute, you know, you present them. Oh, it's a war on women. If you're pro-life, you're anti-woman. Oh, well, this woman's pro-life as well as all along with these tens of millions of other women. That doesn't matter. They're all anti-women. It's like, what are you fucking crazy? Mm-hmm. This is this is th- this but is see, the kind of reductive nonsense that we, we come to when we have these this very binary way of looking at things instead of just saying, like, maybe this man at Mozilla, even though we do not agree with him and I vehemently disagree with him, I, I, I vehemently disagree with Prop 8, disagreed with Pop, Prop 8 and I voted against it in 2008. Maybe he just had a principled stand. Maybe that's just the way he feels. And maybe he's not a bigot. Maybe he just doesn't believe. Maybe he believes in the in the traditional religious marriage. Maybe we should just give him the benefit of the doubt. He's not a fucking Nazi. You right. know what I mean, and maybe maybe this person is just pro-life because they don't believe a six month old baby should be killed out of the out of the womb. And maybe we should just respect that stance, even if we don't necessarily agree with it, instead of calling him sexist. And, and that's and that's kind of where we get down to. It. And trust me, I understand this because it is fucking thrown at me all the time. You know, mm-hmm. so. The, so that's why I wanted to bring it up and that's why it makes me so angry and that's why it makes so many people angry and I don't think it's a pure white man thing I think it makes a lot of fucking people angry you know to watch their white friends be called a racist or a sexist because they feel a certain way women are certainly tired of being told that if they don't believe in like pure feminist doctrine that they're not they're anti-women or they don't believe in, in feminism or whatever maybe they have their own definition of feminism right you know like it's it's just it's just nonsense and it's just silly. And it all comes back down to this encapsulated political correctness. This all this this very sanitized, this very clean, clean edges, very white and shiny kind of fucking way we want to look at the world. And that's just not the way it is. Jokes are going to be told. You're going to be offended by things. I'm offended by things all the time. I'm deeply offended by things all the time. I'm deeply offended by the way people talk about our country. I'm deeply offended by the way people talk about, you know, uh, the people in this country and the way we are in this country and our traditions, but I don't fucking project that on other people. If you want to, if you want to look at us like we're Wild West gun toters, that's totally fine. I mean, that's your prerogative. I'm not going to project that on you. That's your prerogative. You know. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I, I told a joke about um, on Twitter about Canadians. The Canadians had a big election and they they threw out their prime minister. And I tweeted out a picture of uh, the the race is coming down to these two characters, and it was a polar bear and Don Cherry. Don Cherry is like a hockey commentator. And I was like, this is the, these are the two final candidates. And 95% of the people, though, it was funny, got retweeted a bunch of times. Everyone sure. was funny, you know, Canadian. You had to be Canadian and real deep. Don Cherry's a deep cut. So you'd really have to be Canadian and stuff like that. But there's a few people. He wears like, funny suits. But there's some people who be like, what the fuck, man? Why are you making fun of our... I'm like, come on. I'm so clearly joking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And I think a lot of oftentimes people choose to be offended first before they do anything. And that's just kind of like, that's well, just unfortunate. It's the knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Of you see yeah. the Twitter and you want to make the response and then you're on with your day and you're moving on to the other thing. Just know that that's Extremes. not. Uh, yeah. Just know that, that that sort of reaction is just not, does not give you any sort of real validity in life. Talk Re- to each other. Talk listen to, to each, each other. other. Have conversations. And here's the, and here's the craziest thing of all, mm. to your guys' point, because you're right. Talk to each other. Listen. 
maybe it's fair for the one side not to assume the worst of the other side. Maybe the Republicans, by and large, aren't sexist. And maybe they're not racist. I mean, I'm not sexist and I'm not a racist. You know, Mm. all the Republicans I know are not racist, and not sexist, including obviously the women, including obviously the minority Republicans that I know. You know, maybe it's time to start stop drawing caricatures of people that you don't agree with. Maybe it's stop. You know, we're talking about painting with broad brushes. Let's talk about painting. Let's really talk about that then. You know, because that's the reductive argument that we come to is, and that's where things get really shady and really fucked up with political correctness, which is a very real phenomenon. Which is that if you don't agree with them, you're bad, you're evil. Right. They'll block you on Twitter. Your character they'll, assassination. They'll, they'll, ca- they'll assassinate your character. It doesn't matter what you say. I, I've been there over and over again. I've had people look at my my fucking Twitter icon, which is a Gadsden flag. They they don't know anything about history, so they don't know what the Gadsden flag even is. They just know that that was associated with the sect of the Republican Party today, but they don't know that that's from the 1770s, and it was and it was the flag fucking newsflash of the American Revolution. Um, they'll look at that and be like. He's uh, anti-gay. You know? Yeah. And he doesn't believe in the rights of women. And he doesn't. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what are you possibly talking about? Don't you realize that, A, your, your character assassinating me? And B, that just doesn't fall in line with the things that I've actually said and done with my life? Make a lot of assumptions about people that way. And uh, as someone who is on the, the receiving end, you know, it's not easy being a conservative or a Republican in a very liberal field and a very liberal place like Twitter and a very. But I stand by my convictions. And you know what? I know people appreciate that. Yeah, but and I've been told and I've said this before. People in this industry all the time come up to me. People you would know come up to me in, in, in this industry. Big names, small names, people at all different studios and thank me. And it's well, not an uncommon thing to do think, because they know that someone out there is speaking for them. I think to your point and, and to sort of illustrate that perfectly with you is that you're not the traditional evil Republican, right? You're not the, you're not that that sort of demonized uh, figure in the Republican Party. You are a fiscal conservative. You're more libertarian and you're pretty liberal when it comes to everything else social. Yeah, and but so, we're, this is spiraling off into a different sect now. This is a whole different topic of conversation. Of well, that, this is, this is very is to, much what we were talking to about draw before. Back, to that, draw back to my original point, though, is that, yes, but the, the, that duality can't exist in one person. It's when you start start peeling off those super stupid, superficial levels that you can start understanding that people are more than just one word or one phrase to define them. Right. That's all I'm That's all I'm that's, Okay. Okay. It's not bad to be a Republican, but you can be a Republican and still believe in gay marriage. A hundred percent. You can be a Republican and still believe that's the problem. But the the Republicans and and the Democrats fucked it all up for themselves, and they are laying in the bed they made. Well, see, I don't think it's that. I think it's 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 so many different things. You're right. And I'm talking about the top of the party. I'm talking about the presidential spectrum. It's because they have Romney's a straight straight shooter, awesome dude. He seems like, and then he goes out and he has to be the fucking I'm waving the Republican flag, and I hate gay marriage. I hate this and all stuff. But the question is then, like, why? Like, and this is the thing that just the duality of the the debates that are going on the, the Democrats have a debate with a really reasonable moderator and Anderson Cooper, who I think is a very smart man and they have a reasonable conversation for two hours and everyone looks at that and they're like, Oh, that's interesting. Look at the adults talk. Now let's look at the Republicans, these fucking idiot backwater assholes that, that are stupid fucking, you know, morons and don't know anything. And I'm like, is that really is that really in your mind the way you see these people? No, but it's you hard. see people that went to Harvard and Oxford yeah, but it's and all these things. Are you out of your mind? They, 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 they try <laughs> It's hard because they're so obviously placating and playing to their base, right? And so, well, they'll they'll start answering questions, and you're like, you know, oh, that's a that's an actual intelligent answer, and then they'll just shoehorn some random shit in there where you're like, oh, and, and the Democrats do the same thing, by the way, but the Republicans make it all so obvious. It's so obvious when they just start talking about God, and you're like, that wasn't even what the topic was. Sure, but the point I'm trying to make is that there's even optical problems with the way that these things are perceived by both sides. That that 
they're like the Democrats are like, or I'm not saying the Democrats because I think that's wrong and that feeds into what I'm saying. But people that are, are are throwing these kinds of words around are not intellectually honest or just smart enough to realize that a lot of that has to do with moderating. That a lot of that shit has to do with the way that they just look at Donald Trump and pit everyone against Donald Trump and then Donald Trump against everyone. And that this guy's just a disruptive figure and that they look at the entire field of 15 people and they're like, none of these, all these people are idiots. None of them can be president. Yeah. Marco Rubio is real dumb guy. Yeah. No doubt about that. Jeb Bush, real dummy. You know, mm-hmm. like, is that really the way you see them? You see your opposition as cartoon characters like that? Cause I don't see my opposition as cartoon characters. Someone asked me about Bernie Sanders and why I'm so fixated on him. I'm like, cause I find him fascinating. That's why I'm fixated on him. I don't disrespect him. I think he's fucking wrong. I think he's got delusions if he thinks that he can do anything he wants to do in the United States. But I follow him and I'm intellectually interested in what he has to say. So I understand where the other side comes from. I watch the I watch the Democratic debate just as riveted as I am by the, the people that are saying the things that I agree with. And I don't look at all of the Republicans on the field and think that all of them belong there. I don't like Mike Huckabee. I don't like Santorum. I don't like mm-hmm. Cruz. To be you know, fair, those, though, to be fair, Jeb, Jeb Bush does come off a little doofy sometimes. I don't agree at all. Jeb Bush is a smart guy. Jeb Bush should have been the one that was president. Yeah. And everyone knows that. And we Jeb got Bush, the wrong one. And Jeb, I mean, and that's always going to be the argument is that Bush, you know, W. Bush just outflanked him at a time when everyone thought it was going to be Jeb Bush. Mm-hmm. And it's too late for him now. But to just walk up to your opposition and just think the worst of them because of certain viewpoints that they hold. And maybe they just hold principled viewpoints like they have nothing valuable to say. That's really the way you look at the other side. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine walking through my life like that. People have said to me that they would never be friends with Republicans, that they don't have no conservatives. They don't yeah. they don't agree with them. And I'm like, yeah, but it goes and I'm like to that reductive messaging. Man. And that's, that's what I'm exactly saying, what because do. I don't look at things like that. If I if I didn't have liberal friends or Democratic friends, I wouldn't be able to talk to most of my family and then most of my friends, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm able to separate those things and understand that even if you have these viewpoints that like are Bernie Sanders, he's a socialist. He and I don't see eye to eye on anything yet. I know that his heart's probably in the right place. And I'm sure that we could probably find a middle ground somewhere. And I don't have to call him a fucking kooky communist or a socialist and all those kinds of things. The way my side are called racist and sexist and bigots when most of us are not, you know, and that's the point I'm trying to make. And that's where this political, this political correctness and these reductive arguments come down to where you just dehumanize the other side. And then the media picks it up. And then it's just this whole furor of just, of just nonsense when we want to talk about the issues too. Yeah. You know, and we don't like our own cartoon characters any more than you do, you know, but maybe when you maybe when you attack someone like Donald Trump and you call everyone racist and he's the only one sticking up for you, maybe you understand why a third of the fucking Republican political apparatus supports him. You know, what I mean, because at least someone's sticking up for them. And these are and these are the kinds of things that that really bother me. And like we can't have normal conversations in this country because there's because everyone has something to fucking bitch and complain about instead of getting down to the nitty gritty of what we actually need to talk and maybe not dehumanizing each other and not calling each other racist and bigots and, and bigots and sexist and anti-intellectual and stupid and climate deniers and religious fanatics and all these kinds of things. I don't throw those fucking things at the other side. I can easily call them fucking financially brain dead. I can call them socialists. I can call them all those kinds of things, but I choose not to because I know their hearts in the right place and we just got to figure it out. But that's the thing is like people in your party do just like the people in the democratic party call Republicans names. That's the whole problem and where I go back to with the spectrum is what I'm saying. You can't tell me that Republicans aren't calling Democrats bleeding heart liberals and want to give out too much welfare and all these other different things that they're only in it for the minorities and that's why they keep winning. I mean, that's well, the whole I, problem. I, no, I, I do believe that, but I do think that part of it is reactionary. I do think well, that. Well, sure, no, that's I do the think, whole point. I do think, the, I do think that the, the fucking flamethrowing is way more pronounced on the left and I think that it's just accepted and the Republicans just sit there and take it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like by and large just take it. That's why Donald Trump's so appealing to people because he doesn't. You know, and it's like so obvious why people like him. Like everyone's like, it's not about policy. No, he can say whatever the fuck. Like he could say he wants to fuck a goat tomorrow and his points will go up five points because he just said something. Yeah. 
That's of course a throwback to an early game over. Oh Greg. yeah, I, I like know. That a lot. Anyway, like we can t- we'll, we will have way more political conversations, I'm sure, on Game Over Greg's show than this. But understand that you know I'm interested in hearing all sides of the argument, and I know what it's like to be shouted down, and I know what it's like to be reduced to uh, a, ca- a cartoon character or whatever. And, and you know, the, the, the frankly, I think it's easy for people to do it on the other side because I don't think they have that experience. Not on social media, not in this industry. You know, they don't know. They don't know that it takes a little bit of braveness and a little bit of boldness to just continue to, to be beat up like I've been beat up for years and just continue to do it because I believe in what I say. Mm-hmm. And then I know that there are a lot of people that's, that I speak for. And when people stop me in conventions, people that work for big companies and big publishers and big developers, names you might know, and, they, and they're like, yo, man, thanks for saying what you say. Thank you. You're right. And they move on with their lives or whatever because they at least have someone speaking for them. But do you feel like you're speaking for what do you what does that mean? I speak. I don't the, think you speak for the Republican Party. I think you you speak no, for I speak, yourself. I I do speak for myself. And no, I'm values not values people share. I'm just I'm just I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to fight you. I'm asking for this because we've this topic has gone into very different sections and I believe we're breaking it at they're on the one sixteen mark based on the nod Kevin gave me. So I mean like for what we're now talking about, I want to make sure if you're trying to make a callback to the first part of your topic, then we're making sense. No, sure. You're talking th- about people are coming up and talking to you about being uh, uh, financially conservative, liberally uh, liberal. <laughs> I stick up for those people that say like you know that they, they're sick of being bullied for their beliefs, that are sure. sick of being that are sick of being reduced into these caricatures or fucking character assassinated because of the way they feel um, of all these kinds of things. That those are the people that I'm speaking to, and those are the people that I think appreciate getting out of that echo chamber. The gaming industry is just, especially with with games journalism, is just one vanilla fucking echo chamber of all the same opinions no one fights with each other and no one disagrees with each other and then there are certain outliers like me and i've always been an outlier and i'm proud of that because i think i have something valuable to say to people and i think i have a valuable point of view and i i really try my hardest not to just reduce um the other side to to a caricature I think the other side, the far left of the other side, reduces itself to a caricature every time they complain about fucking gender diversity in a video game. Every time they complain about not there's not enough uh, Hispanic people or white people or black people or whatever in this movie. Every time it happens, every movie that comes out, every game that comes out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of just being like, what makes sense for the story? And maybe the, maybe the people that made this game aren't racist and maybe they're not sexist. And that, that's really what I'm speaking to most is that. If we want to have a game with an all-female cast, that's great. If it makes sense for the story, maybe I'll play it. I mean, it sound, that sounds fascinating. Just like I'm fascinated by Horizon's female character, but maybe we shouldn't read the worst into people because of the decisions they make. But see, and that, now we're back to the other topic, where it's the core of that argument, and is again, the center section of it. The people who are, want to flog some game developer or company or writer for having an all-white cast or you know, attack them for putting... You're only putting people in for diversity. Data. In the middle, there is a group that has... You know, that, there was another group that said, you know, uh, with reason, oh, you know, I, I'm I, I'm a girl and I play games and I'd love to see more women in games. And that did dawn on a developer. Like, oh, maybe my next game I'll make it a female thing. And they did. And it was great. You sure. know what I mean? And is that and is that a reasonable way to deliver your message? Yes. And that's what I just want to talk about. Right. There isn't if, uh, knowing you well. It's not that you're saying there shouldn't be any of this. There's the reasonable middle, as always, where the good things do come from it. But now it's getting to these extremes mm. and it's not making sense anymore. Yeah, and it only, is just becoming one giant dogfight. The only danger is that because you can't get popular by not operating on the, on the extremes, right? It's very easy. Us. It's way more easy to represent that sort of ridiculously loud voice on that side and be heard than it is to actually have a fair and balanced conversation with people. And that's, that's the danger of it, right? Is that people realize that if you are, if you can go, if you can be the extreme voice, then you can get people to rally behind you. 
and that's it's dangerous and that's what i think you see a lot of the times with especially um you, you know with progressive thinking is like i'm going to go so far left that no one that that it's very dangerous for anyone to take me on and you can become a, a spokesperson for that it's interesting i don't know i would say because i i would say as far as far as out there as you think you are you're not i think colin you're you're more fair and balanced than you probably give yourself even credit for um but i do uh, not to take anything away i do think people give you i see it all the time people do give you a lot of shit on twitter for various things and i think it's good and i think you should be out there but part of the reason why you are so popular is because you do represent a a very pointed um perspective much more so than myself i I tend to be more middle of the road on things largely out of fear is that i don't necessarily think that i'm uh, as educated in a lot of these topics as i should be so i don't speak um but i digress yeah i think that I, i respect and appreciate that fear i had to let it go and I did. I let it go a long time ago. And I used to be much more of a flamethrower than I am now. But there is there is something to be, to be balanced and look at things both sides. And I just try to approach things not from a party lens. I don't want to be I don't want to be I don't want to be big cab. The door's ringing. I don't want to be like I don't want to be reduced. And like we always joke about it and people in our audience joke about it. But putting people in a box, or whatever it's like or putting me in a box is like when. when oh, my God. Portillo, shut the fuck up. When I. Hey, come here. When I see it, when I see a topic, I don't look at it through a political lens. I look at it like what makes the most sense for the consistency of my own stance, my own viewpoint. That's mm-hmm. how I came to the gay marriage conclusion. That's how I came to the pro-choice conclusion. I used to be pro-life. You know, that was one thing that I was I was pro-life not too long ago, like, you know, five years ago. And I looked at it and I was like, this isn't consistent with Republican values, really. Because what's consistent with Republican values is to say do what you want to your own body. Now, there must be limitations. We've talked about this on Conversation with Colin. I don't think there should be abortions probably after 14 weeks or so. But I think that you have to give women a way out. It's their body. The, the baby cannot survive without the woman. This is a consistent argument, right? And so mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I, it's not a popular thing to be pro-choice and Republican, but there are pro-choice Republicans, and I'm one of them. Because that's, so I know, I, you know, and it's the same thing with uh, with fiscal policy or any of those kinds of things. You've got to approach it on a case-by-case basis. I just think that there's these whack jobs on both sides, and I think that are most pronounced on, frankly, the progressive left that really do believe that the, the world should be scrubbed and sterile, that there should be no offensive things being said about anyone, no jokes, nothing funny, complete and utter diversity in gender and ethnicity in terms of every piece of fiction or they're not going to be satisfied. Um, and I think that's fucking comical. I mean, at that, to, the, to, the, to the point, like, I think that's comical, you know, and then the other side that are just fucking crazy reactionaries and I don't agree with them either. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's one of those things, I guess I guess I want to talk about this, and I guess I got so passionate and heated about it, and I am so passionate and heated about it, and you've not heard the last of it from me, is because I am just sick of being lambasted. Well, here's my anti-poor, question. Anti-poor, anti-gay, anti-this, anti-that, and I'm like, fuck you. You know what I mean? I am none of those things. Because because I align with a certain group of people, or because I have a certain group of people, like, do, do, do every, does every Democrat agree with each other? Why do I have to, why do I, to, be, to be labeled as something, I have to, I have to agree with everyone? We all so agree here's with my question. Other? You're 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 stumbling into my question. Why even why pick? Why say you're a Republican if you don't agree with them on certain issues? Why not? I like I I'm an independent. I don't vote in either primary. I don't care. I'll get to the point and then pick the lesser of two evils who I agree with the most, who checks the most boxes. Well, that's an easy question to answer. Is because I I align with the most of the topics that are most important to me. We, you know, you talk about voter topics, right? And things that people vote for. Some people vote for social issues. Some people vote for fiscal issues or military issues for the things that matter the most to me, which is scale of government spending and taxes. I agree 100% with the Republican party. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in, and in fact, maybe even more extreme than the mainstream of the Republican party in those respects. And I think that I have a choice. I can either retreat and become an independent, which is fine, but you have no power 
as an, you have no political power as an independent at all. You have you have political power in terms of the sway of the general elections. But you have no choice in candidates. You have nothing. You have nothing to say. And I think that that's a that's a powerless place to be. If you want to be there, and a lot of people are there, twenty percent of the population or so, then that's fine. But my whole thing is like I'm just going to change this motherfucker. I'm going to change people's opinions about what this party can be and what it is and what younger people look at and what's important to them. And we will change the party just as the party has changed many times. These parties are not static. You know what I mean? The Democrats were the ones that held slaves. The Democrats were the ones that supported Jim Crow. The Democrats were the ones that started Vietnam and Korea. The Democrats were the ones that did all of these things and they managed to change their party into what it is today. So why can't we change our Republican Party into being what, like into morphing into what we want it to be as well? Mm-hmm. The Republicans freed the slaves. You know, the Republicans ended those wars. The Republicans wanted nothing to do with those those wars. You know, the it's like things have changed and so they can change again and they will change again. And I've talked about it in the past where I need to be engaged with trying to change the system or I'm just like, what right do I have to complain? If I'm not as engaged as possible, I have no right to complain to the extent that I do. And see, it's always for me is the thing with it, right? Is like, it's the vote with your wallet mentality with that. I wouldn't align myself with either of these parties because I have so many problems with each one of them. You know what I mean? And like what you're saying is interesting. And I'm sure you, you have a completely different perspective. You live it every day. People attack you on Twitter. They say mean things about you on the internet. Right. But like for me, I see the mud getting thrown both ways. I feel like I think I see the caricatures, the cartoon versions of each side both ways as much as ever. Fox News yelling about the Democrats or whatever. Everybody on MSNBC saying something over here about Republicans. The vice versa of it. You know what I mean? And so for like, like you're like, is this really what people think of the Republican Party? It's like, yeah, when their big message is God and they're going to shut down Planned Parenthood. Yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, now but- I can turn around and tell you why I fuck the Democrats as well. Don't get me wrong. But but I mean, that's another character is the Planned Parenthood thing. Like. Those Planned Parenthood videos are at best questionable. I'm not even talking about the videos just so I don't know. Well, But that's why it's that's why they want to shut down Planned Parenthood. Is because of all of the videos with the with the selling of of fetal oh, material yes, and stuff yes, like yes, that, yes. and everyone just brushes that off. Oh, these are doctor and all that. No, they're not. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe they like are selectively releasing, but the, the doctor said what they said in them. And my whole stance is like, yeah, maybe Planned Parenthood doesn't need to be funded. We'll just here's the thing: we'll just give the money to someone else to do what they're doing. You know, like that makes me a sexist. Because I'm like, maybe this organization doesn't deserve the federal government's money if this is what they're doing. Maybe we should find a women's health organization that can help the women and not deal in the baby, you know, the selling of baby parts. I don't know. That's just a that's just my opinion on that. But, you know, so that's exactly what I'm talking about, is that like there's always uh, there's always a reason why I feel why I feel a certain way. Now, I know I know a lot of people um, just go along with party lines on both sides, and that's just never the way I've been. I've just never been that way. You know, I don't, I don't support these big war efforts that the, the the Republicans, this war machine kind of mentality. I don't support that. But there's, you know, there's a lot of fighting factions within the Republican Party, and I just support and and am, am really aligned with one of four or five of them. And is the party probably going to self destruct? I, I assume so, but I want to see it through to the end, and then we see what comes out of the ashes in 2020, 2024 if if the Republicans lose this election because it's going to be bad if they lose this election again. Um. For the party, not maybe for the country. Maybe this is what that, that's what people want. That's what they're going to get. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been guilty of of characterizing uh, and using characters more in a joking way of the other side too. Of course, I have. I mean, I, I love that picture that I I, I just have pictures of that girl holding the Bernie Sanders sign where it says "I don't understand economics" with an exclamation point. I think it's like one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. But so I've I've done I've done those things too. But generally, in my heart, I have a lot of respect for the other side, and I just know that people don't feel that way about me. Someone in this industry once told me. Um, and I won't name names or whatever, but someone in this industry that works in journalism, that's a pretty well known name told me that they would never hire or work with a Republican. So just, so just, so just consider that next time, you know, you think we're all bad and evil people is that 
maybe we're just like you. And I, I just try to see the, and I just try to see the other side and, and, and I'm, my mind's always malleable and always open to change, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's what I like about you. And, uh, I just, I just refuse to, to, you know, we might characterize or, char- you know, use characters of the other side sometimes, but I'll never deem, I'll never want to straight up demonize them. I want to talk about them and, and if, talk about their ideas and why their ideas suck. I but think I would, but that's I would the never, thing about you is that you're, and I don't mean Republican, I mean political. I feel like you're the rare breed of that. At least the one who has a platform who can speak and do all these different things. I feel like you look at Bill O'Reilly, you look at Jon Stewart, you look at all these different things. Like, you know what I mean? There's all these different exceptions where that's not what it is. It is the other side is bad. We are the good guys. And that's how, why the country is completely fucked and nothing gets done and no one believes in it. The government. But I, don't, I don't really much believe in the government either, but I just feel like we can't have a defeatist attitude. We have to try to to change it we have to try to change it mm. hurling bombs at each other like we've never been this the, the fact is we've not ever been this divided since the 1860s the 1850s like we've never been this divided where like i really feel like this country most people in most states in this country would be totally fine with splitting this place into two at this point like i, I really i really do believe that and I'm like that's such a defeatist attitude like we all have the and want the same things why do we hate each other so much and why do people hate me so much and i'm not talking about me as column warrior i'm talking about me as like the, my political alignment. like why do why do you hate me you know, mm-hmm. when I, I'm a patriot and I believe in this place and I believe in this country and I believe in each other and even the people on the other side, I want to bring them along. When I when, when Hillary Clinton's talking about one of her favorite, one, like one of the best enemies she ever made was the Republican Party. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to say. That won't come. A lot of things come haunt you. A lot of things are going to get done if she gets elected. Right. <laughs> yeah. Obama won nine percent of the Republican vote in 2008 because he he was including me, I voted for Obama in 2008 because he, he talked about bringing us together and, and he, he was totally full of shit. But, but I believed him at the time of like, you know, post, post-partisan is what he used to talk about, like moving past the divide and coming together. And of course, again, he was completely full of shit. But, um, but I believed in that message and I thought that message was quite uplifting. Mm-hmm. And that's why I voted for him because I was like, I believe that he doesn't hate me. You know? Yeah. And I look at the candidates now and I look at the, the way people talk about my side now and maybe the way my side talk about the other side now and it's just like it's just hatred it's just hatred exactly it's pure hate and that's the problem and it really is it's deep unabiding real hatred yeah totally and that's i think what drives so many people away and why it's so interesting that you stand there trying to fix this whereas i think again we're back to this argument i made on playstation or ps i love you right of like there's the core audience that you're in and really cares about this and then there's everyone on the outside looking in who's like it's fucking Waste of time. Yeah, and and you know both sides are guilty of it. Sometimes I say things that are too democratic, and I'm I'm called a, a rhino or a fake Republican. Sometimes, like when I, I went about Bernie Sanders on my Facebook page the other day and saying like I watched this interview, I'm calling you the rhino. Yeah, the rhino. I kind of like call it. Him the rhino Moriarty. Ryan Sandberg. And uh, I, I went on about Bernie Sanders. I was like, he's a really interesting man. I'm really fascinated by him. I just don't understand like these t- his tax platforms ridiculous. He's going to tax everyone. He's not going to tax the rich. He's admitted it before. Blah blah blah. Just people jump down my fucking throat. You know, and. And then I go back at them because I, I I present myself respectfully. But if you want to come at me like that, then then we will play. You know, we will have a dance. But in four years, you can run for president. and You'll fix everything. I wish we'll vote you in. The best friends will vote you in. Anyway, thanks for dealing with my rant. I mean, that was longer and I didn't intend to. That was way longer than I thought it was going to be. But um, the headline of this topic is going to be Colin is really passionate. Well, there's about two. Things. So this is the, this the is second, second topic is going to be Colin's really passionate about things. I think people are going to like that. I'll just right, be quiet good. for the fourth topic. because I, I talk too much. No, you did good. No, please. I didn't want to talk at all today. <laughs> Nick. Oh, I get the Take fourth topic? Home. Yeah, yours is light. <laughs> oh, this, is a, this is a good one. This is a good yours one. Bring, bring me back, Nick. Uh, this topic to comes say. from our good friends over on Patreon. Uh, Justin. Flash. Kind of funny. funny. You can go there and support us to get your topic on the show as well. Like Justin did, who says, hey guys, big fan. Who would have a better Freaky Friday? Colin and Greg or Nick and Tim? What would your days be like when you switch places? Now, are you familiar with Freaky Friday? 
Yes. I am. Yeah. Okay. Good. So well, before, the audience is. If the audience is. If the audience isn't, it's trading. It's. I like the one better. The Judge Reinhold. Kevin Arnold one. But not trading places. Uh, what the hell was that one? Shit, I can't remember. You talking about Big? There no. was a, no. There was a bunch of movies that came out in like the late eighties, early nineties when about body swapping. And there was one with Judge Reinhold and uh, Fred Savage where yeah. he becomes his dad and his dad becomes him. But that's the same idea. Consciousness is shit. Mm-hmm. So right. Nick's brain goes into Tim's body. We both body. Don't something at the same time. And like, yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. Uh, so now before we get into what the days would be like, because I want to hear that, mm-hmm. I want to go one by one and have the vote. So who has the better Freaky, freaky Friday? Which pair? A better Easily Freaky Friday? I'm pretty sure it's us. Easily right, you? me and you. I don't know. I don't. I don't really feel like anyone has an advantage. For you know? sure, for sure, <laughs> these two idiots. You two, you and I would freak out fight. about it, and we would sit in a room and try to get it back, and we'd trace it, and we'd write about it, and do all this stuff. They would immediately high five and go fuck each other's friends and girlfriends. I would try. I would. The first thing I would do if I woke up in your body Look is I would text dip. you, and I'd be like, Tim, work your magic and get my wife to send me a naked picture. So that when I'm back in your body, I have that naked picture of yeah. my wife. Because she just I'm will pretty not sure I could get it. Oh, I guarantee I'm you. Pretty you can probably sure. get it right now. Text her right now. <laughs> and see if she'll send you. So yeah, she'll probably yeah, say yeah. a little nip slip. Uh, I think you and I would have, well, first of all, I would love looking forward to your life, to waking up around like one, mm-hmm. uh, eating whatever the first thing was that popped into my brain, Burritos, and probably. making Kevin go with me. Yes. It'd be nice to have a slave because Kevin is You can do all those things. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, now in your body that's true but but at the same time i have all these i have all these things that i've placed on myself all these like weird rules and constraints that, like no you know i can only have have to eat a certain way like work out you know not do bad things in my body tim doesn't have those Mm-mm. tim is a young virile man no fucks given and i would hope that it would be at a certain time where your girlfriend was mm-hmm. visiting mm-hmm. uh Cause I'd get freaked nasty with that. Good. Heartbeat. Good, good, good. Yeah. And I would, cause I'd be like, I would call Danielle first and I'd mm-hmm. be like, Hey babe, Tim, I'm in why, Tim's body. Tim, why are you calling me babe? <laughs> no, she would know it was me. Cause I'd be like, yeah, she I would, would, I, would, I, would I would tell her to chillax and she'd be like, Nick, well, you're the only person that uses that stupid term. And I'd be like, look, I'm in Tim's body. No big deal. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get back, but I'm uh, in Tim's body. I'm in Tim's body. The first thought your wife would have is I knew this would happen. Yeah. She's she like, have, you she guys, you're finally, you're leaving me. You and Tim are going to go get married somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be fascinating. I mean, we'll say we're in each other's bodies for a weekend. You'd get to live. and re- <laughs> you, You'd get to respect. You'd have so much more respect for me, I think, what? come Monday. No. Because you'd be like, Nick, I didn't fucking think it was possible to go back to Target that many times. I, I we, we go to Target a lot. I don't think you know my life that well. Oh, my God. I have, like, Target mapped out. I know all the Targets. I know the city Target. I know the other one. I know where everything is. I know where the lar bars are. Mm-hmm. It's important. See, my thing, I, there's a lot of stuff... That I'd want to experience as Nick, like having to go to the bathroom as much as he does. I would just like want what to know are what these that shits feels like. like. But it's like it's not even so much lovely. the the need to go to the bathroom. It's that like that moment where he's like, I need to do it right now because I usually don't have that. Like I had to go pee earlier in the show. I drank way too much, way too much. I usually don't do that before shows, and I was waiting for the topic to end. Like yeah. I was trying to be respectful, but, uh, but it went into overtime. But then, but then, yeah, I, I was like, it reached a point I couldn't, I couldn't wait. Yeah. But it's like with Nick, it's just like when it happens, it's, like, it's fucking. I gotta go. I just gotta leave really and start is. this new life. But I also want this new life. I want to understand, like, like just, just what's going on in your head. Like, I, I don't know if I'd experience that or if I'd just be me you and would. your body. I don't, think I don't think you'd have my certain uh, sensibilities about different things, but. You definitely get a little glimpse into the into my life, which I think would be fascinating. Just in that you've never been married before. No. And that comes with a certain set of criteria and circumstances that you have to adhere to. Mm. Namely, you're going to Target every weekend. 
you're not going to want to go to Target every weekend. You don't get to go to Target to and then the go toys. to the Best Buy and hang out at the, in, the, in like the you know yeah. electronic section or like the the game section. You got to make sure that you know the difference between all the tides, mm-hmm. just all the tides. Exactly. Yeah. Let it fall because it doesn't matter because the tides are more important than anything. I got. That. Um, I get that. The moment that I have to go to a Target and I'm not allowed or you know nay supported right. to go to the Lego section, I'm gonna no. be really upset. It's not happening this time. And yeah, I, I have do. a feeling if I was with your wife, she wouldn't want. To no, you're gonna go because you got to go to Trader Joe's afterward. Yeah, I don't like. So Trader you got to make sure you got to Trader Joe's. You got to make sure you get in the parking lot. It's mm. annoying. Um, she's not gonna drive the car, so you have to make sure you're the one that parks, mm-hmm. which adds I don't to like it. Parking. Um, it's bad. It's bad. But I think yeah. you'd also, I think you'd appreciate it from the opposite perspective too, which is that obviously my wife's cool, so you get to hang out with her. Yeah, you get the you get the intimacy. Of that, what I call, and this is a very different thing that you, you you may or may not have in your life, the couch time, the chill couch time, I mean, that's where just it's just you life. and your girl existing on the couch, not talking to each other. It's fantastic. Maybe she's got a book. Maybe mm. she's got a Kindle. Maybe, maybe you're playing she's Metal staring Gear. at the wall. Yeah. Sometimes she stares at the ceiling while I watch Arrow. Not a big deal. See, I think it'd be more fascinating to be you than anyone else, though, because you're young. And but what I'd be interested in is, like, I, I would love to, the you know, the weekend's over, we kind of switch back, and then be like, so, Nick, how was it? Like, I want to know what you tell me. Like, what what adventures did you have? Because I know you'd bang my girlfriend. I know it. It's just, that's a fact. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so, but it's oh, like, 100%. Okay, when in Rome, the first thing is you just kind of, like, jump into it. You, uh, you'd go into graphic Would graphic you bang my wife, detail. though? If, if, I mean, uh, I mean you're talk, we're talking about a weekend, this so you is, get, this is like, Saturdays is usually when I get it, so. Yeah, it's getting real now. No, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to not do it if she yeah. wants it. Yeah. Like, if it's, or, you know, but normal. You're I like how the first so thing weird. both of you did, though, was tell the wife that the body switches happen. <laughs> and she's like, well, fuck, you're going to Target, and you are fucking me. Like, that's just, she's committed. My wife pretty pragmatic she needs she needs to get those, those weekend errands done and sex is one of those things so she's gonna so we get errand for your life maybe see a movie i love this though this, this, this would be good um i don't think our lives are that different no though. they're really not I plus just, we probably I, see each other that weekend anyway because we exactly. got to film something we're doing some sh- yeah exactly well, you for sure do 11 sex, sex the only stuff difference this- would be i would finally like talk more than you do like I would that's just like fair. make sure I keep interrupting you as much as humanly possible. Well, that's my just to play your part. Yeah, and then I'd wink at the camera a lot. Yeah, yeah. You're so good at that. This is funny. <laughs> this topic's funny because a long time ago, I don't know if you remember this, Nick. We wrote a short for IGN that never happened. It was me and Alfredo, where this happens and no one noticed the switch happened. Yeah, <laughs> because we're just the same person. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's what I'm saying with Colin and Greg. So if you guys switch bodies, you'd wake up. Probably play some PlayStation. Wait, so I want to be clear. I'm going to wake it. up in Greg's body yeah. with my consciousness. Yeah. Okay. You probably would do it. I mean, we had, you, we'd you walk, walk into each sprouts. other's rooms and trade Vitas, so we had the right Vitas still, so we're still earning the right trophies. Mm. And that'd that's be it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Every other PlayStation in the house has both profiles on it. I mean, I would. I guess if I was in Greg's body, I'd have to you know look down and marvel at how small a penis he has. And I, I looked down and marvel how large mine was. Just this Italian Just Irish it. hog I got here. What was it called? Jesus. This special blend. The Event Horizon? They, they call horizon. it the Event Horizon. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I guess, yeah, I'd go in there. I'd, was it I'd the Event to, Horizon or the Singularity? It was the Event Horizon. The event horizon I'd go in there and have to slow jerk it just to keep yeah, it in shape. I don't want to return it to Colin in bad shape. Mm-hmm. Would that be weird, though? Because you would essentially be jacking off your friend at that no, point. No, because you're experiencing and feeling it. Yeah, but yeah, if I was jacking, if I was looking jacking at him in the mirror, you know, and all the sensations you're in the mirror, were going like, to Colin, that's weird. What, what, you know when you flex <laughs> when you're in the mirror? Yeah, you're in the mirror. You're looking at yourself in the mirror. You're trying to get that tricep as fucking taut as humanly possible, and you're just beating that thing like it's a, the fifth round of fucking UFC uh, title bout. 
but I'd be looking at you instead of me. It'd be weird. I'd be, we- I'd be weirded out. I'd be weirded I've out. I've never looked at myself masturbating. I just oh, want, do I want that on record. Oh, I look at myself. I, I'm 100% exclusively really? masturbate looking at myself in the mirror. Oh, all the time. No, not really. <laughs> I believed it. I really I, did. I did too. I did too. I'm so attracted to myself. I want to put it in my I own assume ass. You're, you're just one of those guys who's you're, you're multitasking. You're in there. You're looking, thinking about your haircut, what you want to do with the beard. I'm just thinking about putting it in my own butt, oh. which is weird and not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, what mean, would I do? I don't know. I, I would be interested. I I, I don't know. I mean, we I, would immediately walk in the living room and talk about mm-hmm. it. And like, I was going to ride it out. It, I guess. Is there a time? You think there's a time limit? Do we, what did we do yesterday that was out of the ordinary? Is there a lightning I mean? strike? Yeah. There's always a lightning strike. Yeah, I feel like just the rules need to be be set up. I mean, Nick well, just knows the yeah, rules. We're, we're set. We just know yeah, it's be like fine. Be, you're down. I'm down. Oh, All right, cool. Let's so do it. We're doing it. We're doing so fun. We're fine. Yeah, and we know what would happen. Yeah, yeah. We would just. Sit around. <laughs> we'll do the normal thing. Yeah, I'd be. I go to hard water. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that. Uh, I guess you guys are right. It wouldn't be that interesting. I thought it would be more interesting than it would be, but it's not. I've known Greg for so long and so intimately, and I don't mean that in a funny, uh, sexual way. I mean, I just know Greg so well that it's like I don't know that it would be that weird. I mean, I'm sure it would be very weird in many respects. Being a you know slightly overweight six foot three person would be a little different for me, but. <laughs> As opposed to a slightly overweight six foot six foot zero person, not being athletic at all, not being able to move and lurch around. One of the funny things that one, one, one of the funny one of the funny things about Greg that one of my favorite things about Greg is I know when it's him coming. Well, there's not many people in this apartment, but anyway, Greg walking up the stairs, it sounds like a fucking giant is walking up the stairs, like a like a fifteen hundred pound fucking giant. I got tree trunks, giant. man. I got tree trunks, Greg. It's unbelievable. I could be in my room. In my like in my bed, door closed, sliding door open, so there's ambient noise coming in, playing a game or watching TV, and I hear him like clear as day coming up, and like it's so ridiculous. It's fuck. so ridiculous. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, like there was this '80s. I don't even remember what it was. I don't remember what it was. There was this '80s like show that I used to rent on VHS at the library that was like in a took place in like this vivid blue house. And there was a giant that lived in the house with this woman or something, and he would walk up and down the stairs in a very similar. I'm trying to think. Someone out there is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I can ask my I can ask my siblings, and they would know. Um, and that's what I always think about. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Greg is sounds like he's 800 pounds and seven foot seven walking up the stairs. So I'd like to get that experience as well. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to have not be second fiddle to Portillo. You know, that would mm-hmm. be interesting for once. You know, Portillo yeah. and I have yeah, a lot of found respect for me. Well, Portello has, Portel has a a lot of downtime, and he and I hang out, but he fucking he's out like a, like nobody's business when Greg's around. Yeah, of course. You know? um, so it'd be Daddy's interesting to not you know to be like you know I'm the, I'm the guy I'm the dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, would you have to get the, the question for you though is how hard would it be to get used to all the salad that you'd have to eat? Well, that's two things. There's a lot of Greg. greens being eaten, in, and I also have to deal with the ego. Now, is not it's not clear whether or not Greg's ego comes along with me or if he. Re- Tains his ego. I think you have to fake it. You have to fake it for a while because other yeah. people people would know. People would be aware. So be on it. Ooh, see, that's a whole new layer to this. Are we trying to trick everyone else? Well, see, again, I think that's where you and I would be totally fine because, <laughs> as similar as these two these these two guys are, I mean, I you could pass for me in a heartbeat. Yeah, we could totally just constantly try to have sex with my wife, and she, she will not. It'd be like a blitzkrieg strategy. She just won't have time to think anything differently. It'll be like normal. Uh huh. Just normal. But I mean, like, do you think we could do the show? You guys switched. We switched. Do you think that we could, like, the audience, we can get away audience with a two-hour show? Up. Really? For sure, the audience would know something. Like, my up. topic today is, I read an interesting graphic novel that yeah, I exactly, wanted to discuss exactly. with you about a character. 
about a man. And I want you is to that, some is that political thing. Red on Deadspin, and I'm everyone's like, wait a second. The second you say Gawker, everyone's gonna like Colin. Not Gawker. What was it? Was the Deadspin? Well, that's Grantland. Grantland's dead now. Remember, Deadspin is a Gawker. Blogged up. Yeah, you knew that's not what he was reaching for. Yeah, I don't know. It would be easy to do. It would be fun because we, Greg and I, can make fun of each other. As we're doing it, like make caricatures of ourselves, mm-hmm. which I think is fun. Yeah, I feel like that'd be that would be really fun. Yeah, I would. I would be very easy to make. I mean, I'm I'm very easy to make a caricature, of probably more than anyone at this table. So the, the yeah, but not a, a caricature, sure, but not for a two hour podcast. I'd slip up. Yeah, there's I would, no way. I, I, I wouldn't know anything about hockey. I wouldn't <laughs> know anything about. I couldn't explain the icing. We have somebody. So, it's so easy, Greg. They're like, it's if you just throw the puck down the ice from behind the red line right. and it crosses the goal line and no one touches it. It's icing. That's it. Yeah, it's but very see, I fell asleep already half in that thing. Like, why, why is that, that even, tiring why you is out? It even a rule? I don't because even... the the idea is it's the same with offside. You can have people floating in the neutral zone or in the in the or in <laughs> what the, about the in phantom the up, zone? At, in the offensive in the zone, and they can just that's why offsides exist. Is the puck must enter the zone before any offensive player. Otherwise, you can just have someone floating there forever. So the neutral zone is center ice. It's between the blue lines. The neutral zone and the red line is. The the one at the, the red line is the one the in the goal. center, okay. and then the goal lines are the ones at the edge. All right. So between the blue line and the goal line is a zone, the offensive zone, sure. your defensive zone, depending on who sure. you're playing. The puck must enter the zone before any offensive player does, unless a defensive player brings it into the zone. That's designed to keep scoring down. But what's why, the goal line? What's the icing? <laughs> I don't really like any of you. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Game Over Greggy Show each and every week for sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny where you can toss us a few bucks and get each and every episode early each and every Friday. Don't got no bucks to toss. No big deal, Dr. Jones. Head over to youtube.com slash kindoffunny where we're breaking up topic by topic day by day until Temple we post of Doom references, huh? the entire thing on Friday's video and mp3. Head to itunes.com slash kindoffunny. Subscribe, rate, do all that stuff so Tim doesn't cry. We don't need to cry anymore, Tim. I cry easily. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Everything. I do everything what hard. What time late. is it now? 1.30. Okay, great. You brushing your teeth there, Colin? I'll sing it for you right now. Star Wars. Wars. If they, they should, should bar wars. Please, Please let those Star Wars, Wars stay. stay.